Santa Cruz, California, and this, I should warn everyone, is going to be a Dixie Cup of Wine episode. Tra-la-la. I know, why? When That's you see the Dixie Cups of Wine being passed around, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. Jordan, oh. not that type of wine. Not that type of wine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to who is here in the train room. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and I am a rock star. I agree. Hey right now, I'm a total rock star. <laughs> uh, over uh, by the door, we've got Wobbly Cat. Hey there, how's it going? Hey, 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 hey! You did it pretty good. I didn't know you were Canadian. <laughs> I totally am. And sitting, sitting within stroking distance of me, we've got Brian. Hi there. <laughs> Who might be a little more nervous now? <laughs> better than or excited. <laughs> Running the board tonight. Stroke it. We've got Bagel. N plus one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're yes. going to get to that. That is its own scandal. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. On the Classy Girl couch tonight, classing it up, we've got Miss Emma. Oh, hello, darling. And um, I am classy. Always. Always. Yeah, thank you, darling. It's the and pearls. You've got a lot of gin here to drink, by the way. Yeah, we received I know some very good gin. I know that. What was the brand? Do you I know? see some big gin and a little bottle. Yes. <laughs> yes. We got some very good gin this week. I shall be the judge of whether it's very good gin or not. Do you mind grab Thank oh, you. Uh, yeah. Um Wobbly, do you mind I just opened the door. I shut the other door so she can't get out. Wobbly, do you mind grabbing yes. the gin on top of the piano? Be right back. Thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, you, Wobbly Cat. Also, you come back in and shut the door, otherwise Charge will eat Liza's uh, ostrich, whatever it is. Yeah. Fucking anac- anaconda skin or uh, some shit. Oh, my God. It's camel. Okay. okay camel. Also, <laughs> on the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Aaron. That's me. Hey, there you go. Well, did you practice that? I didn't. <laughs> also, on the couch, we've got Jeff. Hello. That's it. That's all you need. Now, I, I have to point out, these two gentlemen are extremely well-groomed. They, and dressed. They are quaffed quite well. They are quaffed. They have both matching, be- bearded. Mm-hmm. And their matching shirts are lovely. Yeah, they're, they're weirdies with beardies. Oh. How, how did we get the shirts? Emma, look what came in this week. Oh, that's right. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. Top shelf. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm gonna we may have to open that sucker up. Far, it, far, mm-hmm. We're opening it now, darling. Fart up, dude. And it came with with uh, syrup, too. I know. Real real syrup from New Hampshire. Yeah. Wow. Oh, New Hampshire. All right. Going around Dixie the room uh, with uh, Charger, the whining dog. We've got Electric Terry. Uh, it's Terry. Hey, uh, now that you've cl- uh, clarified it's not ostrich, it's camel, did you make sure that the door shuts so Charger <laughs> doesn't eat Liza's camel? <laughs> My God! <laughs> it's it's a merkin. Which, which door? Is this camel for merkin? What's that? The door from the piano room to the other room? Yeah, just so she's in this hallway here, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, good. All right, continuing around the room, because we're not done yet. It's Naked June. Yeah, peace, love, and soul. Ride dirt bikes. And mm. over hiding in the corner. Oh, the, my God, that the, is extremely good, Jim. Isn't that good? In the <laughs> pick-on-me corner, we've got Andy. <laughs> Good morning. How are hey. you doing? Hey. There you go. I don't know. I'm oh. doing, but Andy's got a bitch of mustache. Wants some. Here, pass the cup. 
No, I was offering her my Dixie cup in case she wanted mm-hmm. to use it. Oh, it's no. for sharing purposes. Well, there you go. Apparently. No Dixie cup needed no, for no, that, it's, Jen. It's, it's for sharing, Jen. Just mm. take it out of the bottle. Let's mm. <laughs> And it looks like it's in a medicine bottle. That I think, Doesn't that make it It is nicer? medicine. No, it gin is. is medicine, darling. Why was I under <laughs> I the like impression gin a, has to be neon blue? It's like drinking juniper clippings. Because you used to know Bombay it Sapphire. <laughs> no, um, gin helps me with the fear, darling. Just say yes. <laughs> it helps me with the fear. <laughs> are we going to talk about motorcycles or what? Good we Lord. are. Do we have to talk about motorcycles? No, but the gin ties in perfectly with what we did yesterday. Let's look oh, at the yeah. selfie going on. Hopefully we'll get on the... Hey! <laughs> because yesterday was the Moto Food Tour. It finally happened. The first two yeah. dates were rained out. Yep. No complaints. We needed the rain. Yeah, no complaints. This time, there was a threat of rain, but we decided let's... Plow on. Do you know how we respond to threats around here, Liza? Like we laugh. We laugh in the face of threats. It in literally the, rained all yeah. night until like 8 in the morning, and it finally cleared up for us just in time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was nice. So uh, for those who don't know, the Moto Food Tour was, uh, well, Jim and I had this idea. We've got such amazing food here in the Salinas Valley. A lot of it is grown or picked um, or caught <laughs> or right grilled here. Or fried. <laughs> or corralled. Yeah, exactly. And they're such amazing, like, back roads around and the whole point of it is that as you're riding you're also you're smelling like you're going Mm -hmm. through the orchards or it might even be the freshly turned dirt um you're smelling the ocean as soon as you hit Gilroy. What, what, what did we smell in uh, Gilroy? It was the garlic smell was almost overwhelming but it was delicious exactly so the whole point was to have this like immersive uh tour and Jim and I had set it up and we had thought, you know, it'd be awesome if we have about 12 people. It's right. a good group. Mm-hmm. You can get into these places, and, and it's not too large of a group. And purposely did not, like, promote it <laughs> very much. We had about, I think, 10 people who had, like, RSVP'd. Well, well, I think originally you had thrown it up on social media, being like, hey, come check this out. And at one point, I'm like, hey, how many people are coming? And you're like, oh, shit, we have, like, 72. 72 people <laughs> who were interested. I'm like, oh, shit. But, but yeah. you know, right up until um, <coughs> Friday, the only confirmation, the only definite solid goings was about 10. Yeah, which uh, is good. Right. And, and so it ended up being 30 people showed yep. up. Yeah. 30 people, which was great. It was um, 29 it bikes, out. 30 people. Yep, and there were two Vespa scooters there. Oh, nice. They totally yes. rocked it. Sweet. You know, it was interesting because we as, as we got closer to the event, um, <clears throat> as far as the group ride, we know if it got to be a big number, it would just be more difficult to manage and get in and out of places quicker. Um, so we didn't kind of pump, like, promote it as much as it, as, as it got delayed and the time came closer. And it was funny because I think I showed up and Morgan was already here. And that was, like, mm-hmm. maybe an hour before people were supposed to, or kickstands up. And then more and more people just kept coming. And we're like, holy cow. And what I thought was interesting is um, it was a nice variety of people. There were even people that had no idea about the garage or the podcast that right. just heard about it, some group thing, whatever. Oh, wow. And showed up. And, and it was interesting. I was talking to some about this today. So you think about promoting a ride, you're going to get a lot of people. But if you don't, you're going to just keep it with your clique, <laughs> yeah. right? Which is which is right. a lot safer. I'll just say I like riding with three or four or five of my close friends because that's safest, right? And it's the most fun. But what I appreciated about this is I met a lot of people I wouldn't have normally met. Right. And for some reason, it turned out to be a fairly mature group of people that more mm-hmm. or less knew how to do a big No, everyone ride. knew exactly how to ride. Um, what I like were the clubs that were represented. I mean, the vampires, of course. Mm-hmm. 
San Francisco Motorcycle Club. Oh, yeah. Santa, Santa Bob. Santa Bob. Heavy. I saw. Yeah. I haven't seen him oh, in like four yeah. years. Uh, Oakland Motorcycle mm-hmm. Club as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I cool. can't remember. Who's the statuesque lady on the BMW? She, She's from Oakland. Yeah. Embassy. Yeah. Sweet. Right. So Anna. Anna, that's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, great group of people. It was people. a nice group. And if you want to check out the roads we ride, you can look, you know, Google it. And this is South South Santa Cruz, North Monterey County. Mm-hmm. And if I could give you some limits, look for San Juan Road in Watsonville to the north, and then look for uh, Salinas to the south. And it's basically a rectangle there heading west to the ocean. And it's every little back road, roads like San right. Miguel Canyon, Strawberry Road, uh, Tarpey. Uh, Crazy Horse Canyon Road, and I think what was interesting is is we ride these roads a bunch because mm-hmm. it's in our backyard, and usually it's me and me, or maybe me and Liza, something like that, and to be able to expose a bunch of people, and that's right. what I think they dug about it is people were familiar with the area, but some of these back roady roads were just places people wouldn't normally go. Right. So I think I, I think from a group ride standpoint, in one sense, it was fun because. Everyone kind of rode together in a good way. Uh, people were exposed to new things. I was exposed to people I wouldn't normally be exposed to. They were exposed to roads and a shitload of food <laughs> that yes. they hadn't seen before. That so. was a lot so, of food. Wobbly Cat, you were on this. Um, what were some of the highlights? What were some of the foods you enjoyed? Well, I love the variety of foods. I mean, we started with the the pie barn. Oh, <laughs> the Gizditch pie barn. Oh, pie, yeah, and, pie for breakfast. And I had, mm-hmm. a, I had a pie buddy. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. I recommend everyone get a pie buddy so you can mm-hmm. get two different flavors and we, share. Yeah, we had a four-way. <laughs> it was actually a four-way a la mode. Zach, Zach and I got a whole, we were the last ones, we got a whole pie. Yeah. So yeah. we got the um, apple Dutch, which was amazing. Apple, That's uh, bitching. 100% recommend. And then the... Um, strawberry rhubarb. Strawberry rhubarb. A little more pedestrian, but it was still delicious because mm-hmm. nothing was bad. But the cool thing about the apple pie barn, sorry, the pie barn, was that it was nestled just in front, just in front of the mountains, in front of the apple orchard, mm-hmm. and the views were amazing. And getting there was fantastic. Taking 152 over the mountains, that was a lot of fun. Well, 152, I think, was to Gilroy, but yeah, on, oh, sorry. Right after. Yeah. Uh, on the way to the pie bar, Jim and I are up front, and out of nowhere, there's this truck carrying the stuff, and I think everybody cleared it. But this trash bag came off and glass went all over the road. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. 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 Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian yeah. hit uh, on his GS, hit a bottle that oh, so, blew yeah. out straight on, Shit. which exploded. So if I could describe this, this is like, I think there's a lot to talk about here just as far as good and bad on group mm-hmm. rides. Because normally group rides, I'm, I'm like, yeah, fuck that, because it's kind of sketchy. But anyway, so we're in this group ride. A big truck gets in front. Not a big truck, but a flatbed. Uh, like a, There's a pickup with a, pick a whole bunch of yeah, yeah, recycling in the back. That was on Freedom Boulevard yeah. in Aptos. And it was like in the first 10 minutes of the ride. Yep. Oh, was like, that the black garbage bag that was on the middle of the yeah. road? Yeah. Yep. So we saw it fall off the truck and kind of explode. And luckily, we were kind of by it by the time it kind of <clears throat> started. But it's not like there was more carnage behind us. Yeah, I, I, tried, was, I was in the tail. There was just glass everywhere. Did, were people signaling that there was debris in the road? Yeah, well, we tried, yeah. you know. Because I did the big leg thing. Jim and I were doing the, yeah, the leg thing yeah. right away. Um, one of the funniest moments I thought was when we were leaving the Gizditch Pie Barn, the group went ahead as Terry was getting his shit together and Charger chased the group and kept running. That's what she does. Kept she, running. Yeah. What was funny is I'm, 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 out the, I'm out at the the next road basically to leave and I'm waiting for everybody to stack up behind me and I'm like, and I'm waiting for Char- Terry to get to the front because if you don't know, it's worth noting that if Charger, Charger's a husky and very smart and if she's not in the lead of 
the pack. She Terry, loses what did she do? Shit. Nonstop barking and like jumping, trying to throw me on the side of the road. Like it's a forty-pound dog. <laughs> everything, nuts. everything I can do to handle. So I'm that waiting for Terry. I'm like, where's Terry? Where's Terry? And everybody's stacked up, waiting to go. And I look at my, I look back, and I'm like, here comes Charger, just by herself. Fucking, I'm like Terry, not to be seen. <laughs> she went straight across the road, chasing after this cat, and I come flying <laughs> on the motorcycle, go across the road, and there was no gravel. It is just pure mud, and I have only street tires, and I oh. literally ate crap oh, trying no. to like. Turn. Oh, no. yeah, and then I got on the main road, and I'm like, Liza, go ahead. I can't go faster now. My tires are soaked in mud. I'm going to slide out the first turn I get into. So. But one thing I wanted to say is, and I'm glad you pointed this out. Pulling into Gizditch Pie Ranch, it's in uh, it's in Watsonville, and uh, when we pulled in, you had the apple trees that are it, they're dormant now, right? So there's no leaves or anything. So they've all been pruned back, and they have this beautiful shape to them. And then in between the rows of orchard trees is you have this beautiful yellow mustard grass in between it. Hmm. And it's like you couldn't make a postcard or a painting that was more beautiful than that. And then, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Right? Check that out. We got a picture here. Maybe we'll post it on the... And, um, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And uh, and then, and so you roll... That's what you're riding through as you pull up to the... And then it's like these old barns and, uh, and, a, and the pie was still warm. Yeah. And we made friends. We made new friends. Oh, my God. A few new Emma, friends. Emma, she uh, brought, made somebody's dream come true, I think. Well, I hope so. Mm. You know, we... Um, I was kind of out semi-guarding the bikes. I mean, it, it's kind of a half-hearted attempt to guard them. You know those pie people. You know, exactly. <laughs> um, and there was a couple, probably in their 50s, with an older woman with them. And I found out later she was 88 years old. It was her birthday. 88 years mm. young. 88 years young. And she, I said, well, what do you think of these bikes? And she says, oh, they're fantastic. They're absolutely wonderful. I said, have you ever been on a motorbike? And she goes, no. I said, do you want to go on one right now? And she said, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> and I turned to her daughter and said, well, what do you think about this? She said, if she wants to go, let her go. Oh, wow. And so we, we, we put her on the back of a bike, 88 years old, put her on the back of my bike. <laughs> And I just took her for a spin to the end of the drive and back. So I got to say, I'll, I'll post a picture of this on Instagram. But it was awesome because, well, describe the paint job. Describe your motorcycle, Emma, for those that don't know it. Well, um, I was on the RF900, which is, you know, I mean, it was a radical bike in the mid-90s. But it's very much a sport bike. So I'm kind of crouching down at the front. The passenger's got a skyscraper ride. And, and it's got this Lakers metallic paint paint job on it, like purple it's and gold. Factory paint, but it's it's a Lakers paint job. I mean, it's metallic purple and yellow. And it's funny because we, we took a little video, and as you, you guys, and so we didn't. She wouldn't want to wear a helmet because she had a wig on. Yeah, right? of course. And so they go down there. They go down this <laughs> shitty road. It's wet and gravelly on this bike with no helmets, and all we're saying is, "Hold on, don't let go." And she's howling. She, oh, this is the greatest thing! <laughs> all the way down to the drive, did a very slow turnaround at the back and came back. And um, yeah, they'll be talking about it, it for years. She to come. will be talking about it for years to come. It was very, very fun. Yeah, so that was a good way to start the day. And then we picked up the dude and his daughter. Yeah, that's on right. The, what the, that Hayabusa thing? It is what a was beaking. No, the beaking. Um, beaking was an interesting bike. I mean, the prototype was wild. It was um, supercharged. Um, Jigsaw engine in the prototype. Hmm. When they actually put it into production, it was a little bit tamer, um, but it still was pretty crazy styling. But they're great bikes. I mean, if you can get beyond how odd they look, mm -hmm. they're um, 
they're like an extremely quick bandit. Yeah, but I thought that was a good first stop. Yeah, so, it was a great first stop. And uh, let's see, let's, what else did we do? So after that, we went over to Gar, uh, Gilroy, Gilroy for the garlic, garlic fries. fries. Yeah. Uh, how do you like the garlic there, Wobbly? The fries were great. Well, was hold on. Fun. You're muted. Say uh, it again. There were, there were, the fries were great, but there was all like crap all over them. It was, it's garlic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it not then loaded. It's very good loaded. for your heart, Terry. It's very good for your heart, sweetie. I remember we get down to the bottom of the thing, and like the last couple of fries were just all covered with garlic. And Lad's like, who wants to be brave? And I was like, no, I can't do it. I'm like, yeah. well, why don't we just order regular fries? You know, like, <laughs> oh, Terry. So this morning, I was still burping up garlic from the fries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you were reeking. I mean, I, what, you know what? So I went back to my friend's place where I'm staying right now and I'm like she's like how was the ride and I'm like it was and she's like holy cow you smell like garlic <laughs> yeah so from there we went down to Salinas and had mm. tacos yep yeah. um, the poor <laughs> the people at the restaurant were not prepared for 30 people so I turned into um, a, a waitress, waitress <laughs> and they were just handing plates to me and I was distributing them and taking bussing I was doing it all it, it was funny if you ever have a chance to come out to this party California, go to a, a Mexican restaurant that's seafood oriented because this right. place is, and they're always surprisingly good. The fish and shrimp tacos. And this mm. place is in a strip mall, blah, blah, buried back here, and the place was bomb. But it was funny. I kind of bopped in first because I was the first one in the parking lot. And I just want to kind of prep them lick, to let them know what's coming. And, uh, and she's, I'm like, hey, we have a big group. We're going get, to be getting tacos. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And she had like a chilada in her hand and something like to go put to somebody. And then all of a sudden, I saw her look over my shoulder, and her eyes got as big as saucers. <laughs> and then <laughs> and I looked behind me. And then um, some of their staff came out and started taking pictures of the crowd in the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they came out to the parking lot afterwards, and were taking pictures of all the bikes and all the people by the bikes. Yeah, and all she, she looks at me, she goes... Please be patient with us. And I'm like, we got nothing but time. We made it work. Your tacos are bomb. And then from there, we went down to Castroville, um, which, oh, we didn't say Gilroy is the garlic capital of the world. And then we went to Castroville, which, which is the, the artichoke, artichoke capital, capital of the world. world. And there's a, um, it's like a rest stop restaurant <clears throat> with a giant artichoke outside. Good photo op. And uh, called the giant we artichoke. Got, we got fried artichokes. Yep. Now, and Marilyn Monroe, dressing. Marilyn Monroe was the artichoke <laughs> queen of the world. 19. 47. She wasn't Marilyn Monroe yet. She was Mm-mm. still Norma Jean Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was Miss Artichoke 1947. And hot as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, from there, we headed up. Oh, yeah. We uh, we ended up at eventually at Coralito Sausage. But we yeah. went to Driscoll's first. We did, but they didn't leave the berries out. No. <clears throat> That's okay. We were going to have strawberries out in the field. I prepaid for them. So what was your impression? The, the roads we rode between Castroville and uh, San Juan Road to Griscoll's. How did you like the Elkhorn Slough, bumpy, curvy, crazy shit? It's what I call a moto boner. <laughs> it was amazing. And that's the part where, you know, for a group ride, we really picked up the pace and it was a lot of fun. And leaning into those corners is great. Now, you know, um, Jim, we kind of missed it this winter, but we're going to do it next winter. Elkhorn Slough is where you want to be when the Superliner comes through at night. Mm. Oh. That's actually because um, the railroad track runs right through. Really? And when the Superliner leaves Salinas, they accelerate hard. Hey, so not So when they're coming, coming through Elkhorn Slough, they're doing about 75, 80. Oh, I bet. I've never, I didn't know that a train ran through there. Oh, yeah. Wait, right just, through just the middle yeah, of Elkhorn Slough. Fuck not. That's what I got to say. But, well, yeah. So, so I'm glad. I was, I was interested because a lot of these roads are pretty out of the way. Did you know we went past a pet cemetery? 
Mm-hmm. I did notice we went past a cemetery. Oh, yeah, I didn't San know Miguel it was a Canyon pet cemetery. Road. Yeah. yeah, well, San Miguel Canyon, where it meets yeah. Strawberry Road, is there's this funky, when well, we've talked about it before, this mm-hmm. funky mm-hmm. pet cemetery. Should we stop while, while Nock makes all this no, noise? No, he's all squeaky boots and all. You motherfucker. So Nobody's looking all oh, handsome with his haircut. And, and his Cleveland Moto t like a steamed shrimp. How's everybody doing? Hey, hey, somebody pass him the gin. Gotta, From the left hello, hand Nock. side. There's some good gin. I'm not, not going to interrupt, but there's. Uh, I'm interrupting. Uh, <laughs> um, I got a weed story and a motorcycle story later if you want to hear it. All right, we'll <laughs> get to that. Um, and then so oh wait so yeah we uh, went to Corlita sausage wobbly what do you think of the sausage there that also was super delicious oh my god I mean the, we we had the apricot the chicken and oh yeah yeah the, that's like a mozzarella the, the apricot and, and Cajun but the cheese infused so Bavarian yes that was a good is one is amazing you know the <clears throat> Corlitos are one of the very few places who do a good job of British bangers out here it's very, very difficult to get decent British sausage. In what's, his, what's his name? Sounds like an internet site you visit. Yeah. But it was, it was getting late, and yes. we had one more stop left. It was the Double Dog Dare You Super Secret final stop. And by this point, we started out with thirty. We were dwindled down to about seven or eight. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. What happened to everybody? They get indigestion. <laughs> no, no. I shot off um, Fraser Lake their pants? after. Uh, no, no. And so we went to Marianne's for ice cream. Oh, Marianne's mm. is the best. Um, oh, I will share though <laughs> that I I added something to my real biker shit list, <laughs> which is uh-huh. well, handies in the alley. <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, no, it's worse. Than she already had that box <laughs> checked. It's worse than that. Yeah. She had that box that. checked. No, uh, when we had left Corlitas, which ate way too much sausage. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we were heading back towards town to go get ice cream. I started coughing. I'm still kind of sick. <coughs> and I started coughing, and I couldn't stop coughing. And it got worse and worse and worse. Mm. Next thing I know, I was just... The coughing turned into vomiting. Ugh. I'm riding I'm riding the sweep. I just... Thank God for modular helmets. <laughs> oh God. I calmly put the modular helmet up, moved the microphone out of the way, turned my head, and was just... Bleh! <laughs> and just like... Bleh! And like, things are just flying out, and there's chunks of sausage that's, going. That's disgusting. Nobody was aware. Except the car behind Except you. Except for the car behind me that kind of gave some distance. <laughs> what, what I love about that is none of your food had any chance to digest whatsoever. It was coming out disgusting. the same way it came oh, in. Dang, no, and I was just thinking, well, at least I'll have room for ice cream, so that's <laughs> Do I have the Mexican chocolate? It was bomb. Now, do Marianne <coughs> still do that fantastic, I think it's chocolate and tangerine or chocolate and orange. It's a wild flavor, I but, don't know, but it is so good. It's like old school good. Oh, yeah. it is old school good. So yeah, I add that to real biker shit. If you have not vomited while riding... What? I'll add, and here's I'm the gonna... here's the bonus points is you had very little, almost none. I think two spots on your. Job. I know. <laughs> I was very after about an eight thousand calorie day. That's so impressive. I know. So you're saying if you have a long ride to go on, don't stack apple pie on top of garlic fries on top of fried artichokes on top of tacos on top of sausage because it somehow doesn't mix well. No, it mixed all fine. <laughs> I was you just I gotta, was fine. I was gonna yeah, say you no, just gotta good. make room for ice cream, Terry. That's all. <laughs> no, but um, we came back, had ice cream, uh, ended 
the day. It was really great. Um, the Woodcocks were on the uh, Vespa scooters. Oh, dude, um, they beat the shit out of those Credit things. to them. Nice. Um, Kristen yeah, big, was big on a they 300. Were, were awesome. Nathan was on a 200. Yeah, much respect. And kept up with us, even on the freeway, though. He had to use every trick in the book and full tuck and the whole thing. Wait, uh, who are these people? They're listeners that uh, oh. came down to join us. Where, and I came from like, uh, where'd they come from? Like Fresno, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, are you kidding me? That's dope, man. Tri- by the way, did you see your? Did you see their scooters? One of them was sticker bombed, and yeah. that was the bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Really well, nice. well, I'm, I'm really sorry that I missed them. I, oh, I yeah. wasn't no, able to I, make it. I met them, uh, I think, two years ago at the Quail. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Quail. They reminded from the San Joaquin right. Valley. That scooter that was sticking out, it started off live. It was a 200, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a bastard stepchild. It was kind of an intermediate bike. Was it the GT 200? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was this sort of metallic green color, which it, I like that color. It's mm-hmm. a very, it, I think they call it vintage green. Exactly. It's a pa- pale green metallic. Yep. Um, and it'd been dropped on both sides, of course. Once mm. you drop a scooter, it's off to the body shop you go. And he'd painted it black. Hmm. And just done the leg shields with just this crazy sticker wrap. It looked really good. Very cool. Um, nice. For a scooter, of course. <laughs> no, but like much respect because there were there were some times we were doing some roads. Like we were coming out of Salinas on like a Blanco road, right? And it was like bumpy ag roads, but we would make like the turn, and I was just I would just like fucking dump on the gas. <laughs> and next time I'm looking down, I'm doing eighty on these bumpy roads, and I'm like, oh, that's right, we got scooters with this. But they kept in rock no, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, this that's supposed to keep up. I would and I would say um, for having that large of a group, it came um, really in handy that um, so we. We started designating people, and we had uh, Brian, who was up front with Jim, helping to coordinate the front of the pack. And then Charlie was back with me in the rear of the pack, and Charlie stepped in without being asked, but he just knew how to become a blocker. Right. And we were able to navigate um, almost always successfully. Cool. So you had like a, you had lead and sweep for like just one giant group. Uh huh. Yeah. Two groups or anything like that, no. or no? That's you know, cool. I was thinking something like we could, uh, like I'll ask you, Liza. What would be lessons learned, like from a like a group ride standpoint? Let's take a moment and say lessons learned from this ride because we like start like from the beginning we had a little riders meeting and went over some ground rules, but we still had some issues. So what would be lessons learned? Um. The, the one place that we had trouble. So right away, everyone rode in the correct formation, and I felt very safe with the pack. Nobody was That's doing good. anything sketchy. Yeah. Everyone knew how to ride staggered. It was really good. Mm-hmm. The By only, the way, I just want to interject here and yeah. say I've been on a number of group rides, and this was like the best one. No drama. Right. Nobody got left, left behind. Well, you missed it. Everybody <laughs> everybody kept up. Maybe it's because I was at yeah. the front. Are you, are you, you were sure in the front. you're uh, with the right group? of people here? <laughs> no, the, the only issues that we had, there were times when going with a large pack through a intersection and the uh, light yeah. turns red mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some people would suddenly stop yeah. instead of continuing to go. I so do that thing, man. Um, we said... Think. You need to don't think like an individual. Yeah, think like you're a train and keep going. But I've got to be honest with you. I mean, it's one thing an intersection, but when you're going through a traffic light on red, mm-hmm. it is a leap of faith, right. and it is a leap of faith that not everyone's it's prepared to take. It's important for the pack to stay tight together because if there's a gap, a, yeah. then yeah. another car might start to yeah. enter. But if they right. see the bikes nonstop, but you nobody's know, just going to try to go. But the leap of faith is you are presuming that a car driver waiting 
for that light to turn red is in the least bit observant and sees the bikes. Half of the people on the road, when that light turns green, they don't give a damn what's in the intersection. They're going. Yeah. Because they're simply yeah. not observant enough to realise people are uh, in the intersection. People are primed for uh, green means go and not uh, proceed through the intersection when clear. <laughs> yeah, but and, yeah. you know, the basic rules were like ride staggered but and go through stops and, red, and, and signs together. And Liza put it well is right as a group. Uh, you know, like think as one Jim, whole thing. Jim just handed me a secret note, yeah. and it's got a drawing. <laughs> it's got a drawing of some anatomy on it. Nice. Yeah, thank wow. you. So yeah, so there was just Grow a couple up. times where people, I was in sweet people behind me would stop for the red light, right, and I would pull out past them into the intersection and stop the cars and start waving my hand frantically like just keep going yeah. just keep going mm-hmm. and there were a couple times where they just stared at me yeah. Yeah, and, so then, it's and imp- then now I'm just sitting in the intersection it's like the asshole it's important at every meeting to say that so my friend Maria at Hollywood Electric who's a, a motorcycle safety instructor says the law considers a pack of motorcycles mm-hmm. running together one moving mass so going through the red light you are not breaking the law as long as the first person to enter the ex- intersection did it while it was green then everybody can move together. So, you know, and by the way, I'm from Ontario, and that is totally not the law there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your, your mileage may vary depending on where you live. Awesome, um, but also um, the. Um, oh, should I totally totally forget what I was going to say? That's okay. <laughs> it, but there was just a couple times that happened. For the most part, everyone picked up, and it became like a hive mind. And I think. For the most part, everyone really no, traveled was, well together for such a, a large group. It was a great ride. It really was. Um, and I've been on some stinkers, but that was hmm. a very, very good ride. So when are we doing it again, Jim? Uh, I think we should wait for harvest season. So yeah. I think in the fall, mm. September, October. Yeah, that's a good time you know, to ride. Well, we saw it this time of year where the, the, the trees had these beautiful shapes and they were, you know, there were no leaves or anything. But if we go back in the fall, like September, October, the apple trees will have apples in them. You know, they'll be propped up with wood. And you can smell, the smells are so strong. So you can smell the apples. The strawberries will be like, you know. I don't know, like tuba golf ball size, but the strawberries will smell, the artichokes will smell, the Brussels sprouts will smell. Mm-hmm. So I think if you, and, and it's just warmer, right? You know how warm it is in September, oh, sure. October. And uh, I think that that's the best time to ride those roads because right. it's so just everything, it's sensory overload. Looks like I missed out, man. I'm looking at these photos that uh, I think oh, you posted wild. up. It's great. Yeah, it's super I, fun. I, I definitely missed out. I, yeah. I was I'm hearing all this stuff. I wish I could have gone. But, but one thing I wanted to mention, though, is that uh, for a group, big group ride like this, it's really good to have a rider meeting beforehand and kind of lay down the ground mm-hmm. rules for how things are supposed to go. You know, like like riding information and you know if there's going to be blocking and knowing what to do you know, and how to be safe and keep the group together, you know, things like that. It's really good to organize that. Just have like five minutes beforehand. Just tell, let everybody know. Well, we, we did that. I, uh, Liza did it and Jim did it too. We, I, I oh, thought did. we had kind of covered that. Liza wow. and Jim were going to be on communication together. You know, and, That fell apart. What happened? Well, that's what happened? a touch on is, is we had planned on having comms, which is you know certainly helpful and not that hard these days. My, my Senna won't turn on. I don't know why. Hmm. So then I was on the ride with no Senna, and I looked over at a rider next to me, and they had the same model. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, can I borrow your Senna? And I just hooked it onto my helmet. Um, and then it, what was really helpful, I was on comms with Charlie, who was, who was uh, blocking up front. And so we were communicating to one another. He would tell me what was coming up ahead. Hmm. I would tell him, like, all right, I'm coming up behind you. You're good to go. And we coordinated really well. So yeah. that really helped. That's you know, I, I think something to, to think about, and you guys are traveling as we're 
redundancy. So we had we had like redundancy as far as you know we had done the basic route before. We had had a, you know in our phones and our phones were visible on the bikes. I actually had a tank bag with a clear top, you know, and I had each section of the ride mapped out in pen and paper because you know electronics fail always at the worst time. Mm-hmm. And what was funny is each one of those things failed. Like my microphone stopped working or some shit. I, I don't know. know. So basically I had no comms. My KTM wouldn't yeah, start. Yeah, bike barely started. <laughs> Again? <laughs> you haven't got that sorted out, huh? No, I did. I and bought even, a new battery. And wow. even by the end of the day, uh, my maps disappeared. I think what happened is mm-hmm. someone wanted to borrow them and take pictures because I had each, oh. each segment was its own map and I think someone borrowed to take pictures of them and I didn't get them back. So like the last good leg or two, I'm like, I didn't have maps. So I just oh, no. did it from memory. But it just goes it's like fucking motorcycles. If stuff can go sideways, right. it'll go. Yeah. So plan for it. And, and if you plan for it, it's all right. And I've got a motorcycle to misfits top tip. Oh, it's oh, a no. top tip. Dun, if dun, dun, you dun. have a tank bag with a clear top mm-hmm. and you put your iPhone in there thinking you're going to navigate on that. Nope. Mm. About 10 minutes into the ride, your screen's going to go blank and <laughs> it's going to say your battery's overheated mm-hmm. because just the sheer heat yep. from the sun beating through that clear plastic, yeah, it doesn't happen even if it's not it wind, work. it'll overheat your phone yeah. like that. So, old school. I just know Draw te- technology will hose you at oh, the worst time. Oh, every, every, every way. Yeah. And even even in the in the heat of the summer, last last year when I was riding across, uh, coming through Salt Lake City, as a matter of fact, my phone was overheating because it was so damn hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sitting like, Again, in the holder. not my Android. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dedicated GPS, and that thing's pretty good, actually. Right. Yeah, cool. that's cool. Well, GPS so, is kind of designed to live in that environment in a windshield. So, yeah, yeah good. So, a wrap on Moto Food Tour. It was Success. We met cool. some really cool people, new people. I really enjoyed it. My only lesson, uh, my takeaway is uh, next time I am uh, have to be the waitress, I'm going to put out a tip job. Right. Yeah. You should. Let's do <laughs> yeah. it again in September. Oh, exactly. Uh, last okay. thing I want to say about that. So uh, I think Zach left Carmel, which is about 55 miles away, around uh, 8.30 in the morning, and he got here around 10.30. He didn't actually make it to the start, but he picked up with us just a couple miles down the road. But uh, the trip was around, what do you say, Jim, around 112 miles? Yeah. A little more than that, but yeah. Was right. he on his electric? Yeah. yeah. He was on an FX, so he oh, made man. it 50 miles here, and then he actually made it to Marianne's Ice Cream like a half hour late, I think. But, <laughs> I know. but anyway, he, and then he went from Santa Cruz all the way back there, so he had an extra 100 miles on top of the, say, 120. 220 miles on an FX, which has a highway range of between 20, or 25 or 30 miles. <laughs> yeah. So this is a 2040. So that's like, that's yeah, a record that's in itself. That's pretty that's cool. Funny. So knock. Yeah. You said you got a story to share. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we getting to it right now? Sure, I got let's no more do it. important shit to talk about? Oh, well, we got something coming up, but okay. let's hear it. Well, uh, so I parked my bike behind a car. And uh, I usually just take a photo of the car's license plate and, you know, and, and the bike and just... Oh, for, just in case it back into it? Just in case it back... Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do it this time. Sure enough, the one time I didn't take a photo of it, uh. it gets backed into. But the person left a note and mm. apparently was very apologetic about it and left a phone number. And so I texted him, hey... Uh, my bike's a little damaged. Uh, handlebars got bent. I broke a foot peg, Ooh. missing mirrors, whatever. And it was like all eBay parts, you know. And it was like thirty five dollars tops. And so I text back, and I get I call the number, and I get a dude's voicemail, and uh, and and the note was was said Stephanie. So it's I don't know at this point I don't oh, know if no. it's if it's a fake mm. name or anyway. So I left a message, and I got a text back. 
and uh, told him about how much the damage was going to be. And he's like, well, okay, that's that's fine. We'll sort it out. And I said, hey, you know what? If you want, you could just shove 35 bucks underneath the seat and we'll call it good and we won't have to worry about it. And sure enough, I go out to my bike after I pick it up, you know, and uh, there was $35. <laughs> I open up the envelope and then there was a fucking nugget of weed in there. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So I text him back, you know, I'm like, hey, thanks for the for the weed nug. He's like, yeah, that was uh, that was my wife. She's uh, that was a peace offering for uh, knocking over nice. your bike. So and I was thinking, like, how Santa Cruz is that? Right. Totally. You know? Santa Cruz. So <laughs> you get a nug. Yeah. But that's eggs. that's my story. There, there's that. there's hope for civilization. Well, yeah. That's right. Just a nug for your pain. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all. Oh, now, when you say you park behind a car, like what do you what do you mean you park behind? Uh, a car? You know how cars parallel park, or yeah, parallel park. I just park ah, between I the see. limit lines, you know, I behind see. one of I them. See. I, got I you. try to give a nice, I good see. amount of space, but I think it was a suburban that I parked behind. So. I got you. Okay. And yeah, and they can't see a bike park behind them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was your fault, Mark. It was my fault. Yeah. It was kind of my fault, but like, you know, whatever. Is this downtown? <clears throat> no, this was like just right down the street on Trinity. Oh. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's karma. Somebody was one of these days bound to knock your bike over. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you, Maybe I deserve it. <laughs> you I probably just, deserved it. You should just park like I do and block the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's always, see, here's the thing with parking a motorcycle, right? Like, you do that either at, especially when in the city or in a kind of urban area where the parking's limited, are you going to be that asshole that takes an entire fucking spot? Or do you want to be kind of like play nice with society and kind of go in between the cars when I'll, you can, you know? I'll chime or? in on this because I, I spend a lot of time downtown here where parking shit's expensive, tickets yeah. are. And you know what? If I have to take a... I have no problem taking a spot because the ticket is yeah. no less money if you get a ticket on a motorcycle. That is yeah. true. And I've true. gotten tickets trying to be cool like, oh, this curb isn't painted. It's beyond the last spot and it starts yeah. to bulb out. And I get a $48 parking ticket. Yeah, so I will happily take a whole parking spot, spend 50 cents. Yeah, well, like in the city, you can you, you technically can't park on the sidewalk, but like if you're cool about it and it's not blocking a person's way or yeah. right away, they kind of look away. Yeah. Well, there's spots you know, like like behind Marini's Candy. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> behind Marini's Candy, there's a good spot next to Chianti's Pizza. There's a spot. Yeah, well, we, we always I, park on the sidewalk right next to Pizza My Heart. They've got this like little red fenced-in area, and like on the left-hand side, going towards the movie theater. I just pull my bike right in there, and I've, I've never had a ticket. Yeah. You know, because it's not blocking the walkway, because you can't get by the fence anyway. I got to say, I'm a school teacher, and I would park in the staff parking lot, and I got complaints. Like, everyone knew who it was, and the principal came to me one day. It's like, hey, um, people are kind of bugged that you know, bothered that you're uh, taking a full parking spot. Oh right. My and I'm like, right. wait, See, everyone's, everyone's driving one. So so now for so the So now past, you can park on the sidewalk. Yes. You're like, fuck it. Yes, yeah. I, I park on the sidewalk, yeah, like, cool. right next to the multipurpose room. Good compromise. And uh, it's covered from the... From the rain and everything. Yeah. Uh, so. Good compromise. Yeah, it works. People or society's got to figure it out, crazy. man. You know, I like know. you're either going to give us a ton of shit for doing things the right way or we're just going to lane spit like assholes or whatever. Yeah, I know the asshole. You know, I mean, geez. I know. I know. And by the way, being Canadian, I love lane splitting here. It's awesome. Oh, it's a bunch of that yesterday. Hey, hey Eliza, you were in the back when we were line splitting as a group. What did it look like from back? That was awesome. Like 30 Everyone bikes. just went right in line. <laughs> nice. 30 it worked out great. Down in a row. That's pretty scary. Lane, oh, yeah. Lane splitting is now legal in Utah. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Yay. Yep. Hey, Miss Emma. Hello, darling. So you know how we love helping people and we have the Ask Miss Emma on our Patreon page? True, true, true. And you you, you answer a lot of people's questions and That's right. Out. And the, the thing I want to make clear is a lot of people are under the impression that you're just allowed to ask once. Mm-hmm. I'm with you until your bike's fixed. 
you know, I'm working with a couple of people now who are having long-term problems with their bikes. And so, you know, I'm like on my seventh or eighth email, and I'll say, well, try this. How does this work out? And so they'll try it. Well, that didn't do any good. We'll try this. So, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. And you helped out a Scotsman today, didn't you? I did indeed. With a clutch problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What, was, it, what was the problem? Well, he seemed to think he had a clutch problem with his Ducati Monster. Oh. But it sounded like a gear shifting problem to me. I think his kilt was getting caught in the gear shifting <laughs> mechanism. Ah, that makes sense. Or his sporran. <laughs> is that a common problem? It is a, it is a common problem amongst Scotsmen. That was makes it a horsehair sporran? It could be a horsehair sporran. Um, <laughs> traditionally, it's where they keep their money, but most Scotsmen I've met are extremely thrifty and don't carry money in public. Do you, do you want to help out another Scotsman? Oh. I would love to. Tell about Phil. No, we got yeah. we got Tom in Glasgow. All right. Tom, are you there? Yeah. Hey. Hey, hey Tom. Hey. But it's but it's not the Glasgow that you think it is. <laughs> no, we're Glasgow. Glasgow, oh, Glasgow, Kentucky. Oh, you're in yeah. Kentucky. Fantastic. Hey, Tom. So you've got a problem with your bike. Uh, tell us about your problem. Uh, yeah, I've had a problem. Pretty much since I've had the bike, I've had it about five years, and it's been an intermittent thing where it's made just this awful clattering noise that seems to be coming from the front cylinder head. And um, through people on Facebook, and um, there's one guy in Iowa that's pretty much the expert on these old obsolete bikes. Um, I've been I, I think I've got it diagnosed as being broken valve springs. Okay. Yes. So, um, yeah, this is kind of a little above my pay grade, but I have, like, nobody <laughs> no. will work on this thing. It's, valve springs? Really... That's not so hard, yeah. Well, well, it can be. It can be. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead, Tom. me just to get the engine out of the bike. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, but, that is the hard part. Well, it is, sitting on the, on the garage floor. I'm sitting here looking at it. <laughs> And uh, and I'm I'm waiting on some parts before I I, I take the big plunge on on uh, doing the springs themselves. Okay, so how can I help you today, Tom? My question was um, traditionally, I guess the 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 way to remove a valve spring is to uh, remove the head. Yes. And get a valve spring compressor tool. Yes. Uh, but what I'm going to attempt is to not crack open the heads, and. Um, sort of press the, the valves down from the top, just removing the, the valve covers uh-huh. and using some compressed air to keep the valves up while I do this. Fantastic. Mm. Okay. So, is that... Well, I, I was just want to know your opinion on, on this process. and I really don't want to crack it open because it's just hard and expensive to get the the uh, the gaskets and everything? I would say at this stage, Tom, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Um, there's a couple of things that I think you should attempt. Um, Is it the rope trick? It, you can do the rope trick, but I think compressed air is going to work well. If you can get the front cylinder onto top dead centre and right. find some way of locking it there. 
It's really yeah, going to work. I I've it... got it in that position now. Now. Based on the markings. And then I've got the sprocket and the time chain off now. And I'm, like I said, I'm waiting on parts. Okay. <laughs> I, need, I need the springs and I need the, uh, the little adapter to get the right thread size to screw into the spark plug hole. Okay. And, well, and they're on their way. Well, like I say, at this stage, Tom, you have got absolutely nothing to lose what you've got to remember is the sequence that the parts go in so you've got um i believe only victory that's you've got a four valve head on that so you've got two intake yes. valves two exhaust valves yes. so you've got the valve itself you've got what in english we call them collets you americans call them keepers mm -hmm. Now remember that yeah. they're wedge shaped in profile, so make sure yeah, you understand. Maybe three eighths inch, maybe, and split in half. There you mm -hmm. go. All right. Now, are those steel or are those brass or something? Because I no, they're I, steel. I, I, I'm sorry. They're steel, and you can pick them up with a magnet. Yeah, magnets are your yeah. friend. I, I tried to grab it with a magnet, and it wasn't grabbing, and I didn't know. It should. I, I mean, yeah. are they in place still? Okay. You know, it, 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 it's, it should grab with a magnet. Um, what, you've, what you're probably going to have to do before you even get the compressed air on it, I'd get a socket over that, um, the top of the valve spring and, and just give it, give, it a couple of, give it a couple of wraps and loosen everything up because, okay. you know, after years they do tend to stick together. Yeah, um, they've kind of formed a habit there. Exactly. I, I looked at your method of actually pushing the thing down. That looks great. You know, really, yeah. I mean, it's it's homemade as hell, but it's <laughs> it's gonna get yeah. the job done. The the smart part. So what you, what Tom's done is, and I'm describing it for the listeners. You've got a plate, the bolts to the head, and then you're using a crowbar, and you're using right. the curve of the crowbar that you can kind of lever it down, and then you've got a hollowed out tube that fits over the valve, and so you can kind of push down on the crowbar using the leverage. And it'll push down the uh, the top of the um, uh, um, top of the valve spring, and then you can get the keepers out. It's great. And the worst part is, look, you've got you've already got the cam chain off. Um, you know, if the worst happens and the valve drops and it goes to hell in a handbasket, then, then they got to take the head off. So just you know pull what? the head. Yeah. And you're at the stage now, especially with the engine out, getting the head off's not going to be a massive problem. Yeah, you got you got nothing yeah. to lose by using the compressed there now, because if you're going to take the head off anyway, that's all you'll have to do if the valve drops in. Anyway. Exactly, <laughs> so you'll just yeah. have to source a head gasket. So m yeah. my advice, Tom, go for it. I love well, solutions like this. You know, the best, my, my best tools are the ones I either made or modified myself to get a particular job done, you know? Yeah, and I saw a picture, and then I cut up a, a, a seat stem from a Schwinn bicycle is where that came from. It, perfect. Absolutely yeah. perfect. And if it's got enough sidewall thickness, you've got a window in it, so you can get in there with the magnets and get the keepers out. Um, what you're gonna, what I'm hoping. What you're going to do when you put them back on is... Um, get the top of the valve, the valve spring. Set the keepers actually in that plate, and then put it gently over the valve stem. And then, when you lower it down, the keepers should just fall into place. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that would that would be lovely. Wouldn't would it be, be lovely, lovely if it does that? Sometimes <laughs> it does, sometimes it doesn't. If they don't yeah. do that, put a little bit of grease on the cup side where it hits the valve stem itself, and yeah. just hit them with a magnet. Go in with a magnet and go, stick them on. Okay. And then the grease will actually hold them onto the valve stem. Then you can get in with a little screwdriver, turn it through 180 degrees. So now the the bit of the valve stem that's in the window is now bare and you can get the other one in and then back off right. your tool it's yeah, all sometimes quad. i'll use a little grease if i got to keep a, a a nut on a socket exactly and it's, the know, same method yeah sort of like a, a light sticky that, that'll let go um i would suggest though it's going to be a two-person job because you're going to be yeah. if you're if you're trying to hold down that valve spring and get in with the keepers so get a friend over there the, get a couple is of the second in. person to find the keepers when they fly across the room <laughs> exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah they yeah. ain't gonna they're not gonna do that they're not <laughs> you know i think it i'm giving you good vibes here tom i think you're going to be i think you're going to be successful i really do so i recommend just hang a blanket over your head to keep the uh the keepers from flying too far (laughs) i don't i don't have to see how bad i mess it up i'll chime in on that as i've been taking things apart part recently anytime there's a hint of a recommendation covering it with a towel or a sheet (laughs) definitely do it because it's amazing how far shit can fly and it always does absolutely yeah don't underestimate and it always goes to the cluttered corner but you know it's amazing it's amazing that a lot of the techniques they use in the car industry never really made it across to us as bikers you know virtually everybody I know who rebuilds small block Chevys small block Chevys, those super ass engines, especially if they've got a bit of a cam in them, notorious for eating valve springs Mm. and nobody pulls the heads they pressurise the combustion chamber and just push down on on the springs it's it's normal in car engine building process mm-hmm. and it seems yeah. that on bikes you know we don't use it as much but um i'd say with the stage you're at do it go for it oh. if it all goes to hell in a handbasket just pull the head and get yourself a head gasket i know you can right. get a head gasket for that bike um and as long as you don't disturb the cylinder, you're probably mm-hmm. going to get away without pulling the cylinder. Yeah. You know. Well, there you go, Tom. Uh, what do you think? All right. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful now. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Just remember, and, uh, Tom. I. I've been in this game well, 41 years. Being a successful motorcycle mechanic is 20% skill. 80% confidence so look right. at yourself in the mirror and just say I can do this because I know you can I've looked at your method I've looked at the bike you've got you've got this already Tom really all right well thank you thank you're you right. well, and, best, uh, best of luck uh, and uh, my condolences for Bosley oh, oh thanks yeah. man thank appreciate thank it you. thank you all right well let us know how it works out okay thank you thank you a lot all right bye Woo-hoo. Were we on like a three-way call with Tom there? I, I looked around the room and I couldn't see anybody here, but it sounded like either we had a ghost <laughs> snoring on a microphone, or or Tom was on a three-way call with somebody who was kind of like heavy breathing or snoring. There was definitely some nose breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it wasn't here. It's the ghost of Bosley. I thought it was Tom on the phone. <laughs> ghost though, machine. But the thing Tom would be talking and I could hear it going on while I was talking, so it wasn't him. No, it's Bosley. It was Bosley. Ghost <laughs> the machine. We know who it is. It was you, Terry. What? <laughs> was it? <laughs> it? It was Bosley and the noise
noises weren't coming out of his front. (laughs) (laughs) So, Miss Emma, you want to do another one? That was was good. You like helping people? I love helping people, you know. We have uh, Daniel who has a Yamaha XJ650 in 1982. Oh, that's a great bike. We're talking about you, Daniel. Can you hear us? Daniel, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Daniel. Can you hear us okay? How are you guys doing? Good. Yes, you guys sound perfect. How are you guys doing? Good. So, okay, uh, so my bike, I can't seem to figure out the carburetor issue that I have. Well, so you, you got four and one exhaust and pods on your bike, so I'm guessing the issue has <laughs> something to do with that. Now, four to one exhaust, um, I basically am trying to turn into a cafe racer, right? And I put the four to one exhaust and um, pods on it, you know, trying to make it look clean in the middle part of the bike. Wait, what kind of bike are we talking For some about? Reason, it just won't right, it, it won't run correctly. Okay. Well, what 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 kind of bike? Wait, Daniel, are you riding your bike right now? No, I'm on, I'm in the car right oh, now. Oh, you're in the ah, car. Okay. We're on speakerphone. There we go. So, um, Daniel, my question to you, darling, did the bike run well before you put the pods on the four into one on it, or are we dealing with a chronic running problem? Ooh. Uh yes, it did run for about a month and then I changed into a pod and that's when all hell broke loose. Okay, so what happens when you put pod filters on a bike, especially if you put a less restrictive exhaust on it, it changes the mixture. Now, an ideal mixture for carburation is you need about 16 to 18 parts fuel Uh, 16 to 18 parts air to one part fuel and what you've done is you've upset that ratio because now the bike can breathe Uh easier so it's sucking too much air I know where you're gonna, get, you're gonna go. You're gonna suggest that he drill out the jets. No, I'm <laughs> God, I could wring your bloody neck. <laughs> so what you need to do, Daniel, is you need to um, pull the carburetors off the bike. The good news is now you've got pod filters on it. It's easy to pull them. I mean, with a standard airbox, pulling uh, carburetors off is a royal pain in the ass. Um, pod filters. Yeah, when, when I when I removed those air box, uh, I basically just destroyed it because I couldn't get it out without, you know, taking off the whole motor. I have a question. Did you get the cheap pod filters or the expensive pod filters? Canon. Yeah, Canons are good. Okay, good. You got the good ones. Now, so, yeah. what you need to do, get the float chambers off and find out what jet size you have in that bike. So... The first thing you need to do is find out what jet size your bike had originally. Look at okay. the look at the jet size that's in it and make sure it's the same. I'm about 95% sure your bike's going to have standard jets in it. You okay. go, you're going to need to go up at about I'm going to stick my neck out you probably want to go up about 10. So if your bike's got 160s in it, 
you're going to need to go up to 170. If it's got 150s in it, okay. you're going to need to go up to 160s. Make sure that you get the correct jets. Or in, in drill bit sizes, I think you're at a 1364. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to her. Daniel, do not listen to Liza. Under no circumstances are you to, to drill the jet. I think Harbor Freight has drill bits on sale right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... <laughs> Are we, are we going to get to the spark, plug, so the spark plug test? So, get brand new sets, <laughs> so, 10 size of fire than the ones that I have now. So, yeah, if you go up 10%, you know, about 10 on the jets, that's going to get rid of about 90% of your problems. What you might find is the bike's a little bit woolly off of idle. You'll have a nice, strong idle, and then when you just pull away, it'll blah, it'll die a bit and then come back strong. I, so this is legit. What can he put duct tape over around the pod filters? Seven eighths of the pod filter. If you put duct tape over it, it restricts it. It does, and that'll tell you if you're on the right track. Yeah, I mean you can do you know that. Yes. I was thinking of putting um, stainless steel meshes inside. I mean you can. You can slow the airflow down. <laughs> But if if you if you're bold if you're bold with carburation, it's quite easy. Just devote some time to it, and there is a formula. If you go up ten sizes on the jet, and if it's woolly on the mid range, if you raise the needle, and raising a needle is very very easy. You just need to put washers underneath it, where it goes through mm -hmm. into the slide. It's re you can yeah. you can really get that carburation clean. And XJ six fifties can be really clean running bikes. Um, so that's my advice to you. It's not hard. It is quite time consuming. And Emma, don't you do some forensics on the spark plug? You can. Um, do you have sort of um, a, a quiet stretch of road nearby where you can do some testing? Uh, not in Orange County. Oh, you're in a, yeah, you're in Orange County. <laughs> so say fuck um, you to your neighbors. Well, here I've got. A, I've got here's another the, here's, the, here's the recipe. So there's a, there's another test you can do if you've got a, a propane canister. Don't click it so it lights, but just pull the trigger and start getting it closer and closer to your pod filters. If the RPM picks up a little bit, that means that it had a little bit too much air and you need more fuel, which means that putting in a bigger jet will solve it. So. Um, I don't know if you've ever done that. You write it hey, as zero. We can't listen to hey, you. Emma. <laughs> this is back when I was a car mechanic. We wanted to find out if cars running lean. Uh, should we kind of get the gentleman to take a look at the mouth of the carburetor and see if there are uh, emulsion jet holes oh, and right. see if the actual pod filters are covering those up? Mm. Yeah. Oh, because that happens the mouth of it. Yeah. No, yeah. K&Ns won't do that. They won't? Are no, they designed yeah. for that? No, K&Ns won't do that. Is it still, still that's good to check why, too, or That's like? why Daniel was smart actually kicking down for, yeah. for K&N filters. But, but, is it specifically for that bike, though, or is it just a generic pod filter? Uh, yeah. The generic pod filters are awful because, you know, the, the, the holes are cut all wrong. K&N filter, an air filter, is actually a precision device. Right, but like, mm. is the filters specifically for that bike from K&N. Yes. Do we, do we know? Well, yes. you, you do have to verify you're not blocking any of the holes. But yeah, I, I, but I mean, I am, you know, I yes. curious my own, but, but from the spark plug thing, because that's a pretty 
good test, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, ultimately, if you don't have a road you can test it on, it's kind of hard. But ultimately, your spark plugs are going to tell you everything you need to know about a bike. Um, you know, when you go... Oh, I think we lost him. Are you still there, Daniel, darling? All right, well, he'll have to get, listen to this. Uh, he can listen to yeah. it for the remaining. I mean, when you go to see your doctor, he'll look into your eyes or he'll take a blood test. And that's going to tell him everything he needs to know about you, particularly a blood test. <coughs> the spark plugs on your bike will tell you everything you need to know about the health of that bike if you know how to read them. Now, most bikes on the road now are fuel-injected, and fuel-injected bikes do tend to run on the lean side. You can pull a spark plug out of a healthy fuel-injected bike, and you think, oh, fuck me, that's running a bit lean. But that's the normal way. But on an old carbureted dinosaur like that XJ650, you pull the spark plug out, it's going to tell you everything. If your spark plug is very, very pale grey or white, it's running lean. If it's black and oily, you got a top-end problem. Your rings are bad, your valve guides are bad. If it's black and sooty, kind of dry, it's running fat. Um, and if it's a nice kind of battleship grey or a kind of beige colour, depending on the fuel, some fuels run brown, some fuels run grey. I think 76 and Chevron run kind of brown whereas the rest of them will run sort of a grey. But you want this sort of mid-range colour. That's about where you want to be. Yeah, so as he goes up 10 on his jets, he can, like, <clears> change, can have change his, his jets, plugs. change the plugs, rip down the road. Right. Because, like, you run it, like, full, wide open, right? Exactly. You, But you might not have that opportunity, so it's kind of see-your-pants stuff. So yes, there. How many uh, miles do you need to put on a, a bike before those plugs are really Oh, no, it's, it's pretty instantaneous. <laughs> it's like, a mile. It, yes, exactly. Wow. You know, but wide open, like you gotta. So here's the correct way to set up a carburetor from scratch. The and you have to do it in these stages. The very, very first thing you have to do is set up your main jet before you do anything else. You set up your main jet, and you set up your main jet by holding the throttle wide in as high a gear as possible. Now, you may not have the opportunity, if you've got a 900cc bike, you're not going to have the opportunity to do 160 miles an hour. So you're going to have to compromise and do it in a lower gear, but you need to hold that throttle wide and, lo and load the engine. <coughs> so second gear, maybe. And just hold it for maybe half a mile. You, you kill the engine, you pull over to the side road and look at your plug, and you get it so you get that nice mid-range colour. Nice grey or beige. Once you do that, now you've got to set up the mid-range. And you set up the mid-range, a lot of that's feel, but again, your plugs can help you. Hold it at a quarter throttle. Hold it at a half throttle. Kill the engine, pull to the side of the road, pull out the plug, have a look at it. Again, you're looking for that beige colour. Once you get that set up and it's pulling cleanly, the very, very last thing you do is you set up the idle on the air. And on the air screw, it's very, very simple. You just set up the air screw so you get the highest idle. And the air screw's not the throttle stop screw. It's actually the air screw. <coughs> if it's at the front, it's a volume screw. And the, if you turn it counterclockwise, it fattens it. If the screw is at the back of the carburetor, it's an air screw. You turn it out counterclockwise, it leans it. 
So you set it up so you get the most efficient, i.e. the highest idle, and then you bring the idle down to about 1,100 on the throttle <coughs> stop screw. It's that simple and you have to do it in that method you can set up and have a great idle but if your main jet's wrong if your mid-range is wrong it doesn't mean anything and once you change the mid-range or the <coughs> or the main jet your idle's gone to crap anyway so you have to do it main jet first mid-range second idle last <coughs> but once you set up the car set carburation just so it's wonderful I like carburation. It's it's almost like the difference between vinyl and digital mm. recording. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful creaminess to a carbureted engine. You should ride the RF 900 sometime. Mm. It's it's very similar in power to your <coughs> FC1, but because it's carbureted, it's not quite so brutal. It's mm. it's very very soft power. It's wonderful, I and I spent I a lot. I spent a lot of time setting up the carbs on that bike. Nice. And I'll say there's no better way to spend like an early Sunday morning than with a cup of coffee and some carburetors. <laughs> Do you know, and working, some tools and music. Working on carburetors is actually very, very therapeutic. It's, well, they're, they're wonderful. And when you put oh, them back God. on, and it starts with one kick, or it starts yeah. right away. Like, there's nothing better than a one kick carb clean. <clears throat> Mm. So thank you, Miss Emma, for helping oh, people out. Welcome. That was fun. I, I, I like it. Yeah, I'm sorry we lost Daniel, but I think he probably went into a tunnel or something. Well, you know what I like to do? I like to give away shit. <gasps> oh, yeah. I like to give away shit, too. You got a 900 in your hand. I, and it's time to uh, give away our Patreon prize pack. What's in the prize pack this week? Oh, there's some good Liza. stuff here. So um, we got this... Uh, Oxford Oxymizer 900. It's one of these smart battery chargers. Jim, you got one of these, right? Yes, I will comment <clears throat> shortly. Yeah, it, um, it's a regular battery charger, but it's smart. It can also analyze, and it can also recover a discharge battery. There's a lot of things these smart ones can do. I like them. This is all I, I use are these kind of battery chargers now, so this right. is really nice. Um, you know, Oxford is... They've been around forever... They do really, really high-quality <clears throat> stuff. The English, you know. Did you mm -hmm. know that? I did. I will say, besides all you BMW motherfuckers in here, <laughs> who, has, who has Oxford heated grips? I know I do. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And they make bomb stuff. And Liza found this great deal online, so I, I got one. And um, it, it's great. It actually mounts on the wall. It's about the size of your fist. And mm -hmm. it does all these multifunctional things. And I'm like, so I just, boop, mount it up on the wall of my shop, and there it is. And when I need it, I just plug it into whatever. You know, I need that. So it, it, it's a bitching if, gift. If you go into my workshop, I've got this corner, and there's about ten different battery chargers in there, mm. and none of them work properly. It's where so hope, hope goes it's, to it's, die. Exactly. I'll just grab the nearest battery charger and stick it on the battery, and if it starts looking like it's charging the battery, okay, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. So we got, I got that in there. It's, it's yeah. a good thing. It's got lights. Also, I figure it's good. Some rock straps. Oh, Everyone yeah. loves rock straps, right? Awesome. Yeah, Dude. need the rock straps. Basically, Doc, you these, like those? These I rock them. Okay. I'll for those who don't know, I, a lot of these them. products I go out and buy to fill right. these boxes, and these are things that we use or love here in the shop. Uh, is that a gunk brush <clears throat> for your chain? This is a, yeah, a chain brush. And, you know, if, you've got, if you've got a shaft drive <laughs> bike... You can take that in the shower and have a lot of fun with it. 
<laughs> Some call it fun. To clean the ground. <laughs> clean your and uh, we got twenty five dollars off Twisted Road rental. That's a dope. Hey, um, can can you rent a bike for twenty five bucks? I want to I want to rent a Twisted Road twenty five dollars. <laughs> <Not quite. laughs> uh, can we just do another probably, very very brief shout out to Austin at Twisted Road? Yeah, Austin yeah, at Twisted Road. Shout out because he's a cool cat. Mm, I'm going to do a shout out to Larry because hey Larry, can I rent your bike from Creative Writing for twenty five bucks? And then we got some other great stuff. We got a, a zippy a zip uh, hoodie sweatshirt from Icon here. Okay. And we've got a really cool t-shirt from our friends at Valimaki oh, that we Valimaki. got up at the one show. Is it, oh, that's yeah. dope. <clears throat> Cafe oh. Racer. And uh, what's the uh, Valimaki slogan? Red fast take chances? No. Fast <laughs> as fuck. Fast, fast as fuck. Yes, yes, yes. I guess that's Then cool. we got some swag. We got a Law Tigers hat. Law Tigers. Shout out. Dana, and we got a layered escapes uh, thing, I think a buff. And then uh, I'm throwing in I still hey. in the box. Ooh. A hey. model motorcycle. You just have like we over. have on the walls here. Have, <laughs> you, nope. have you you made nope. the, the price of that? Yeah. Hey. Are you giving away a twenty thousand dollar unit there? It's going, it's going in the box. What kind of bike? And, uh, what, what's the motorcycle? It is a VFR. The nice. That's the a Viffer. good one. That's a good what, what color? What's color? Black. Nice. Yeah. So I've got my lovely assistant Brian here. That Hello. box is overflowing, by the way. And he is going to dip into the bag that it's I a, handed it's him. It's a cornucopia of And he's going to pull shyness. out a name, <laughs> and we are going to have a winner of this lovely prize pack. And once again, thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Oh, you guys are the best. Mm. All of our subscribers. Can I have a uh, no. Damn. All of our subscribers at $5 or more automatically get entered into the prize pack. And every month, we got new stuff to give away. You got a name in there? I, I do. All right. What name did you pull? Uh, ben Lynch. Ooh, Ben, ben Lynch. Lynch. There we go. It's a good name. It's a good boxing name. Yeah. Nice. Ben Lynch, you, congratulations, you won. You're lucky, So thank Mick. you very much for being a subscriber on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dude, you ben. scored. You got a nice box coming. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's an enviable exactly. box. Exactly. Mount that charger on the wall. Box one. Do you know why Ben is smiling right now? Because he's big. Because he's got a shaft drive bike. <laughs> and a Velamaki Vela fast as fuck t-shirt on the way. That's yeah. right. So um, I want to find out why our guests here are here. Especially because yeah. two of them, as we said, are looking lovely in their knock-designed, limited-edition like motorcycles like and Misfits t-shirts. They look they're fast. Yeah. So um, the yeah. four of you all pulled up on your bright and shiny, big, expensive bikes. And what's the deal? <laughs> you guys are going on a trip? Uh, well, we've been doing this for what are we, six, seven years? Longer than that. Longer than that, yeah. Well, 2010, at least. Yeah, okay. That's I a guess long time to be on I, a bike, darling. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a long ride. Um, yeah, and I mean, the bikes have changed, and we've learned a lot of things, but uh, spring break and beginning and end of summer and stuff, we, we just kind of do week-long and just... Uh, just okay. find, find Where, some. Where's home for you guys? <laughs> uh, mostly Sacramento. Oh, okay. Aaron, you're up in uh, Yuba City, up a little north. Okay, okay. I know Yuba City. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, but we just we kind of take the week, and it used to be I don't know a lot of the time we'd like route everything out and have this perfect everyday planned and stuff, and 
um, you know, this is honestly as far as we had planned for the week. We're day one, and, mm. and we don't know exactly where we're going. Well, I, I try, try and dodge the rain. Lucky you. Know, you. Lucky I, you. I usually put together some kind of a route because nobody else has actually put together much of a route. There's some Listen, we have different skill sets, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, like, what are you trying to so, say? Yeah, <laughs> I, I like to Google it. Yeah, So I, I get on the Google Maps, and I put together, you know, a day-by-day route a lot of times. The right. last, last couple of years... Uh, and actually, last year we had three different trips. That you know, we had the spring break ride. We had Brian's bonus week in June ride. Mm. That was out to uh, that was Pikes Peak. That was a, yeah, yeah, oh, Pikes right. Peak, so, and then back over well, um, Cinnamon Pass. Right. So you around. you guys have been doing this for like seven years. Uh, nine, ten, nine. Nine. So they, they've so, been doing a little longer. So who's the best rider? Brian. Brian. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it's always it's always the skinny guy. God damn it! <laughs> I've got that R12 doing a, about a 90 degree. Uh, well, skid. So what? Uh, what, what are you guys all riding BMWs? Yeah, what, I was going to say. Let's, let's talk about the bikes because you're all on BMWs, but it's oh, quite an eclectic. One, one, one is particularly sexier the than the other. Let's go around the room. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron used to not ride a BMW, but we converted him. We, we did. <laughs> well, that you know, tree tree hugging bedwetter. <laughs> <laughs> the funny oh, thing is. Hold on, the what? funny thing is, I had I didn't have BMW envy. I had fuel mileage envy. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and and so the last couple of rides that I actually the first couple of rides that I went on with these guys, I was on my uh, 09 Kawasaki Versus 650. Oh, 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 sounds oh. familiar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, the first one down the coast and back. Was, was it blue or green? Green. Uh, yeah, it's the faster. Uh, it's the faster yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I I was getting you know less fuel mileage than them, but then they're running you know 650 single fuel injected and getting 60 some odd miles per gallon so i'm like well i've been looking at the f800 gs so i'll I'll go ahead and get myself a bmw it didn't help the gas mileage (laughs) by more than like five miles per gallon but Mm. you know i got another 2013 so ours nice but did it get you laid more <laughs> My wife might listen to this. <laughs> she would. She would and, say and yes. She, she would, would say lady. Lady. Would say yes. She would say it's not because of the bike. So, <laughs> on that note, so we've got an F eight hundred. We've got a K bike. K thirteen hundred GT. That's yeah. a hell the of a bike. The fastest bike there is. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's so, the uh, gentleman's boozer. Yeah. We've got a. We've got a. You're riding a GS, aren't you, Brian? I am. I'm. I'm uh, riding the cheap, uh, the cheap bike of the bunch, a uh, R12 GSA that uh, I picked up just six months ago. Brian. So, yeah, he's the great best looking bike. And then we come to the sexy one. Which is the, an R9T, and an R9T Which, isn't unusual in itself. But also, I, I love the history of Jeff. Like he was riding, um, I was riding your the, Yamaha 850. Yamaha. Yeah. He was riding it in dual TDM. sport, and he was so it's a total cafe street bike that he's riding and like through Death Valley. <laughs> well, I told you out of Death Valley, but um, <laughs> yep. yep, it's not your best example, but. Uh, <laughs> Okay. So we got so, through, through the gold country. But yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I mean, he, you know. he had bikes that you know generally there's a little bailing wire or duct tape or something, right, something right, like right. that. And so we're yeah, familiar. I, I literally Dude, had a light he's, switch. He's calling as you ghetto, son. Literally ghetto. Yeah. So, but uh, and then and then uh, how long ago did you get that bike, Jeff? Wh- which one? 
your new bike. Oh, I just got it uh, like last month. Okay. Month ago. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, again, it's always, he's never had a bike that's. I've never had a bike that's new. I mean, all my bikes have been like. That didn't break down. He's never had a bike that's been so within the last decade. Yeah. But it's, um, so it's an R90. Yes. Oh, beautiful. It, which is a great looking bike. <laughs> But this has got aggressive, knobby tires on it, mm-hmm. and it's done in the old martini colours of the very early GS 800s from the from the eighties. Yep. Yep. You know the, the uh, 80s, yeah. um, um, Elspeth Beard bike. Yeah. Yeah. Do they call it the Rally? This particular one is the uh, Urban GS. Urban GS, but but same thing. The whole the the graphics and the look is definitely much of that era. That, right, that, but it's mentioned. a wild looking bike. Oh yeah, the, graphic, the colors are beautiful. The colors are great, but you you look at this thing and it's an off road bike, but it's kind of low and the forks yeah. are kitted kicked out quite a yeah, way. It looks like it has a lot of travel. The and fenders up high. Yeah, and right? it's got a small front wheel. It's a wild looking. Yeah, talk thing. about trouble. That bike spells trouble. Yeah, it looks, yeah. it looks like trouble. It's and, fast. And don't forget R2-D2 on the back. And yeah. it has R2-D2 strapped onto the back. On quite a, quite a hokey-looking gas tank, i got to say. Yeah, oh, He the, borrowed the that off tank, my yeah. X-Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So where oh, you want to see hokey. <laughs> where are you guys heading? What, what's next? Away from the rain? Yeah, down the coast, away from the rain. And uh, okay. Maybe, uh, maybe probably, probably towards uh, Death Valley? Yeah, yeah. Valley, something like that. Yeah. There's a super bloom nice. going on down so there. It's supposed to be pretty, yeah. If I could do burnouts on the flowers, be all... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm more curious. Would you're, you guys you're, 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 through the border? I, yeah. I, no, yeah. I'm no, curious. You're riding the K-bike. He I'm just curious. Yeah, what bikes right. have you ridden over the years? Like, how did you oh. start riding? <laughs> oh, oh, tell me a, the bikes you've had. Like, my, Speed Session. My first bike was... Uh, God, I don't even remember what year it was. Uh, 60-something Honda 400. Mm-hmm. Um, the next bike after that was a 1974 Kawasaki Z1 900. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a good bike. That was that was huge. Yeah. 130 miles an hour that bike. Yeah, they make good drag bikes. Absolute yeah. terrifying handling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Uh, I've also ridden uh, several different Yamahas, Suzukis. I had one Harley. Uh, I never got another one because I had that one Harley. <laughs> oh, we'll forgive you. <laughs> um, I had, and Brian is the one that got me into BMWs. My my first BMW was a K100 RS. Okay, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was I, yeah, yeah flying brick, right? Yes, yep. yes, yep. yeah. Well, was it the blue or the gold? It was the white. White. Oh, oh the yeah. white with the yeah. with the red and mm-hmm. blue yeah. pinstriping on it. Right. Um, it it had about ninety thousand miles on it oh. when I finally gave it up, and mm-hmm. it still ran great. So nice. like sewing yeah. machine. You know yeah. the yep. Those <laughs> bricks are great. Very very popular bike. And you know the the joke is the only thing that runs better than a brick is the briquette. Mm. Um, 750. 750. Yeah. I have the 750 yeah. RT. 750 and the, the very sweet bikes. Yeah. Um, I've got a soft spot and for the RSs. Out of all of mm. them, the RSs are the just they're great. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm still kicking myself for letting that bike go. Well, hey, you know, it's the, the your bike right now is is a nice looking machine. Yeah. Nice. Well, you guys aren't the only ones who've gotten new bikes recently. True. As, as Bagel said, 
N plus one. Indeed. And th- this is a scandal. <laughs> the yes. bagel. You that need he was not aware of, and this is what makes it um, even better. So here, well, it's, you know, well, no, story. Story. <laughs> no bagel. At the moment, you're just babbling from sick. You sound guilty already. Well, no. Okay, so here, let me tell you the story. First of all, a uh, friend of me asked asked for some help uh, clearing out some storage units. Uh, so her mother had passed away, and uh, there's all these storage units that need to be you know gotten rid of. So, uh, and she mentioned that there was a Vespa in one of these storage units that I could have if Ooh. I you know came up and help out. And I'm like, sure, I'd be more than happy to. So I borrowed a friend's van, went up there, and uh, got pulled up there. And turned out it is is actually not a Vespa. Uh, it is a Honda Passport. <laughs> which <laughs> what a disappointment. Well, no, actually not because uh, it's I, like being told you want some fudge and you find out it's dog well, shit. I would, <laughs> well, okay, well, okay, no, I, I wouldn't Casper's say not that. that bad. I would have I would have loved it to have been an actual vintage Vespa, but I, I was actually pretty stoked that it was a passport because I've never owned a passport before. I, I've ridden one back Probably in the day be, uh, that, that a roommate of mine had. Probably college me, me your most reliable bike uh, well at the moment probably <laughs> <laughs> but no but it was i was actually really impressed with that bike back in the day because for for a small little 70 cc bike it's remarkably capable yeah and you can yeah. you can ride two up on it yes. my uh, my buddy took me to the bar in it and, and we're two up on a on a uh, mm-hmm. passport it was yep. it's quite the scene in fact she said that, <laughs> that awesome. she, she and her quite mom would scene. yeah she and her mom would ride that bike to school you know and so I, I used to ride one in high school and it was yeah. total freedom yeah well and oh, this yeah. one's a, a 1980 um, and it, it needs a little bit of work. It's it's yeah. it's pretty rough. It's it hasn't been registered since two thousand two. Oh, uh, missing a front fender. Would you rusty. like to explain what the scandal is? I want to say not. So, Do you know what the scandal is here? Uh, no. What is the scandal? The proper so, amount of bikes to have is N no. plus one. Well, no. That's that's just that's just normal operating procedure. But uh, the the scandal is. Was is this thing a, a scooter or a motorbike? It's not a scooter. So here's the oh, thing: the definition. No. Let, let, let me let me just set the stage here. The definition of a scooter is not a hard and and fast set definition. There are different elements that can make something a scooter or a motorcycle, and this is something that we actually had great lengthy conversations about when we were planning the scooter cannonball run in terms of who could qualify. Or what bikes could qualify for participating? Doesn't because, it have to have a step through? Uh, that is one of the the common characteristics. There basically were four four common characteristics. One was a step through design. Another one was uh, wheels that were twelve inches or smaller. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one was a unit engine and transmission design, where it's all in one one piece. Oh, that's bollocks. Well, <laughs> most scooters are designed that way, because uh, these are all these are not like I said. This is not a hard and fast rules. These are these are general characteristics. Um, and the fourth characteristic, I'm trying tracking my brain, trying to remember oh, what it is. The, the, the thing can snap in you, half because it's only like you. You, yes, you had to be deeply unattractive to no, ride no, it. No. So, so basically, because there, there are big wheeled scooters like the uh, the Bergman, the, the Bergman or the Aprilia. Uh, no, no, geez. Bergman's a small wheel scooter. Well, yeah, mm, no, it's, it's a big wheel. Between. It's a big wheel. It, it's it's not <clears throat> define big. It's got well, thirteen six. inch wheels on it. So like, yeah. a B, like a BV350, that's a big wheeled scooter. Mm, yeah, and that that actually is a scooter. Yes. But a Passport is not a scooter, nor has ever been a scooter. It's a motorcycle, and a very clever one at that. And she yeah. and Emma and, proved it. Yes. And she yeah. proved it because I pulled out my Honda identification book that has all, every... 
bike made by Honda, and it's categorized by the engine sizes. And we went over to the 70cc motorcycle section where we found it. This is CT70? <clears throat> no. This is... well uh, C70 passport. It's a C70, C70 passport. Yeah. passport. And then yeah. Emma pointed out that there's a whole other scooter section, and this is not in it. It was in the motorbike section. And what year was this bike again? Sorry. Uh, 82. So 82. according to Honda... Yep. It's a motorbike. It is a motorbike and not a scooter. And they built However, it, so I will defer to yeah. their classification. Um, which means that Bagel owns a motorcycle. Yeah. Nice. Bagel does. It's, it's this, about fucking time, man. Everybody. Let me just say, not only is this the first motorcycle I've ever owned, this is the first Japanese bike I've ever owned. Can I also oh. say, this is, out of all the, motor, the, the scooters you own, this is the only one that actually fucking <laughs> runs? No, actually, it doesn't run at the moment. So the ratio is, well... Actually, as of today, technically it's back. To, well, it's now two to eleven now. Zero. Can I, <laughs> because can I, it was it was one to twelve this morning before I figured out there was a battery on. Can I just not share? Odds, my man. Can I just share how clever that bike is? Sure. A mm. um, couple of the criteria when Honda built this bike, Honda's mo has always been. Sashiro Honda has always said we will make a bike for everyone He's i don't a, care whether you're man a man woman young mm-hmm. old poor rich i'm gonna make a bike for you and meet the nicest people and yeah. the passport and bear in mind there's only a couple of countries in the world where it's called a passport america's yep. one of them was designed as a world bike so it was designed with big wheels why has it got big wheels well Big wheels traverse rough roads better, and not all the roads in the world are as good as the roads we have here in the States. Indeed. So, that's why it has big wheels. Why do you think it has a step-through design? Skirts. Be- yes. So exactly. Men and and women in can ride some it. cultures, Kilts. women that's and it. Scotsmen <laughs> have to wear skirts. <laughs> you know, I, I got a picture here for, for everybody, and if you're at home, right. look it up. But it's That's it's a like a half step yeah, through. It's, a it's, half not half. A, it's not a yeah. full. So you I can see why so I can see why this is a motorcycle. Now, so if you're a wild lady well, I'm, in a developing nation, this is right. you only got to do a half step now, up and not a kick through. In <laughs> order to be durable, they gave it a three-speed transmission. Mm-hmm. But Honda did a great deal of research, and they found that amongst people who were Wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle. Women. The clutch was the most intimidating thing. Mastering yep. a clutch. So what they did, they give it a manual transmission, but an automatic clutch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible piece of design. Yeah. And, and it makes Model T production look small. Yeah. It is the highest produced vehicle. By a long shot, literally so, millions yeah. in the history literally of the planet. So I'm curious. Wow. A lot, a lot of times, you can tell Honda's inf- uh, emphasis on things where it's manufactured. So wh- where do they make these things? Everywhere: Brazil, India, India, Europe. Um, so they, they make them in China. They're they making make them so many of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Ah, Charger. Charger's charging. <laughs> if there's a market <laughs> for the bike, if there's a big enough market for the bike, <laughs> you can't be charging. They. Um, they will 
thank you. They'll just build a factory in <laughs> yeah. that country. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a marvelous piece, and Bagel has got himself a good one. Yeah. He's got the first model year for electronic ignition, <coughs> and the first model year for twelve volt electric, yeah. which is a big deal. Yeah, we're very stoked to, um, to see that. So you've actually got yourself a C seventy C, pretty little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really excited about it. Um, you know, this is it's a it's a it's a, a it's a historic bike. You know, the the fact that it's the most mass produced vehicle in the in in all of history. Oh yeah, uh, and and it's incredibly reliable. So it'll be a great little thing to get around town with. You can wheelie it. Yeah, what's crazy is it's just all a, it's all a variant of the Super Cub, you know? Because yeah. I'm looking at this yeah, totally. wiki, and it's just like, there's a 110, 102, or is a fucking 50, 90. Now, <laughs> now that, that, could, that could take a kit, though, right? You could throw a kit on that bitch. Can you throw Let's a kit on it. that bitch? Probably. <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Race, a race. That could be your race scooter. Ooh. We won't tell everyone it's not a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a motorbike, darling. Yes. Bagel rides a motorbike. When are you going to get some tattoos and buy a Harley Davidson, darling? Um, <laughs> how, do you, well, how do you know he doesn't have one? Harley Davidson scooter? You could have a battleship right on I, his ass. You I, never oh, know it. Yes. <laughs> I don't have tattoos yet, but I have ideas. Okay, very <laughs> Good, darling. Is it a battleship on your ass? Um, <laughs> that would be dope. I hadn't thought it's about that, but maybe. Big old tiger or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Submarine. Well, c- congratulations on your new non-running yeah, vehicle to you. add to the One, one more stack. project, you know. What's, what's right. one more? <laughs> so um, I wanted to give a real quick um, whir-whir update for those following the Women Riders World Relay. We had a bit of a scandal this week, actually. Really? Oh, yeah. There's some hubbub. Scandal. So, um, as the baton has been traveling around the world, and it uh, went from France into Spain, Portugal, back through Spain, heading towards Andorra, and they stopped at one of the these uh, cities, and what they they asked a local Vespa club to meet them and escort them through the city and give them a tour. Mm. So a lot of uh, clubs are doing doing that for them. And then they had um, a party. And it's really cool seeing some of the pictures. These MC clubs are reaching out to. I guess, I think in Europe it's a bit different because they're really receptive. And some of these yeah. places even have like bunk beds and stuff for people, to, for travelers to oh, stay. Cool. Right. And they're like making these big vats of paella and having mm. parties. They're taking care of the riders. It's really cool. Sweet. On one of these occasions, um, our baton is actually a scroll that you can pull paper out, and you can sign it, and all the registered participants are signing it. Well, apparently, at one of these events, one of the men, who was one of the escorts, stepped up and signed it as well. (gasps) And someone took a picture of this, and someone told somebody who then posted on their blog and said, I cannot believe this. He didn't sign a droopy penis, did he? No, 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 not, no, it wasn't you. It wasn't um, me. Yeah. Um, and there was an, uh, an outroar. How dare a man sign this? All that testosterone, and, darling. Oh, it was as if we were under attack. And this was uh, going on, and more and more women are like, this is why we can't let men join us. And it was, you know, that kind of thing was happening. But you do get that with any, like, all women's event. You get women who become very protective of this whole sisterhood thing and letting them right, in. Right, right. It has been the stance of where we're all along to be inclusive of men. Our, our motto is, we support the men that support us. Right. And so we had to kind of jump in there and say that it, it's not a big deal. It's okay. So what, you know, again, we have so many men who are supporting us along the way. Not a big deal. Um, So 
we decided that we want to emphasize this and we the admins are actually putting together a um here's the men that support us and so that all the women can get their boyfriends or husbands i call them the we're we're widowers um (laughs) and everyone's going to post pictures and so i decided well i I didn't want to be missed out are they going to be naked guys well i sent a picture of naked jim from the calendar (laughs) (laughs) the censored or uncensored as as my significant other who supports me <laughs> wrench in the works immediately <laughs> yeah. pull the pin go big or go home I say <laughs> they all had you mean. figured out until then <laughs> how did that go down darling it has it is about to happen oh uh, no god help us all. it hasn't oh. happened yet oh jeez um but yeah you know i like to poke the snake Okay. Just, say. Um, <laughs> just make sure when you tag my photo, it's knock. <laughs> Significant other is such an open-ended term. There are cultural connotations, but I mean, like, the words themselves, you know, like Bosley was a significant other. Mm, yeah. You ate, my, you ate my pork rinds. That's significant. <laughs> oh, is that so, what you call it these the days, darling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids so, call it these Anyway, that is the we're, we're update. Um, aside from that, which we, we, we have the back of again of the many support us. Uh, it so is where's moving where on. today? Tomorrow. It, oh, and it's, I believe it's in yesterday. Italy. I think it's oh, in ciao Italy. Oh, Ciao Bella. Wow, already? Huh? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, Ciao yeah. Bella, darling. It is, it is moving. Now, what about Wurwurura? That is moving too. It's, it's so big right now. There's mm. so much to follow. Mm. But it's going to be coming here um, down to the wharf, meeting at the wharf. Fantastic looking. So I think we have time for a couple emails. Oh, good. You have a you have a good one there, don't you? I do indeed. It is entitled "There's Misfit in My Head," and it is from Joel Kramer. Hey, um, Joel. So obvi- Joel used to star on uh, Seinfeld as his next door neighbor, I believe. <laughs> Was that Kramer? <laughs> Hi, Misfit. Long time listener and still a fan, apparently. Um, <laughs> first day of spring break here in central Indiana. Ooh. Uh, bright and sunny, almost 52 degrees. Bloody hell. Hope it's not flooding. Time yeah. to get the bike out. Got all excited about it, geared up and left the garage. Within about 100 feet, I had a misfit in my head. Oh. Miss Emma. Oh. I've been lurking around in Joel's head, apparently. The bike was acting all squirrely and hard to steer. I heard Miss Emma say, you can't ride a bike with 10 PSI in the front tire, <laughs> darling. Yeah. Or apparently a scooter, right, Bagel? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I got too excited about getting the bike out after a long winter and neglected to check the tire pressure before firing up. Stopped at the closest gas station and aired up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, was, sure, uh, she was quiet the rest of the ride. See, there you nice. go, Joel. Make sure to uh, rotate the air in the tires for exactly. <laughs> maximum efficiency. Yes. You see... I always point out when I see somebody with a with a puncture by the side of the road, I say, "Look, it's only flat at the bottom. Right. If you turn it so the flat parts at the exactly. top, you can ride home. No, you've got a but point. But you can only do that four times, then it's flat all the you way. You want to you want to purge the old air and put the new air in. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the new because air, air does go off. Well, the molecules break down; it gets compressed. That's right. You want to put the fresh air in. That's right. Yeah. The the spiders start barking. Uh, um, I like I like using lavender air. Lavender air. No, that's. <laughs> 
That's, Jasmine. You You're me. such a yuppie. That's <laughs> um, true. But I, you know, Joe. I pumpkin spice. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is the, oh, sorry, that's October. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, oh, there's a PS. There's yeah, a PS. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a PS. Uh, thanks for a great and entertaining podcast to keep me amused mm-hmm. on a long commute to work. Thank you, Joel. And thank you for keeping me in your head. It's a very nice place to be. Oh, cool. Bagel? Yes. Do you have an email to read? I do. The motorcycle. We have a question over here. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. Wobbly. Oh, I just wanted to make a comment here. So last time I was at uh, Motorcycles and Misfits in December, I picked up a sticker from Emma that says Emma's Army. And what, what's the slogan on there? Oh, give it the beans, darling. Darling, right. So <laughs> when I'm riding and I'm, and I'm giving it and I'm in a corner, I'm like, yeah, man, leaning low, giving it the gas. Yes, I'm like, giving I'm giving it the beans, darling. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's wow. right. Uh, Absolutely. Right. Well done, Wobbly Cat. Well done. Pass a gin. Cool. Yes. It sounds like something you say before a high side. <laughs> <laughs> no, after the high side, you say, I gave it the beans, darling. <laughs> yes. Hold my beer. Watch this. Uh, so, I, I have an email here. Uh, and this is from John Hillenbrand. And it is titled, Bagel Scooter Question. Hello, John Hillenbrand. So, uh, John writes, Bagel, greetings from the East Coast. Hardly hardly sunny Santa Cruz. We had 2.5 inches of rain yesterday, and I found hail in the driveway when I got home. But it's clear and sunny right now, with a crisp 25-mile-per-hour breeze predicted to calm down by nightfall. Your enthusiasm for scooters intrigues me. So, if a motorcycle guy tries out a scooter... What are the biggest surprises that we're likely to find? Oh, yeah. And P.S., my sister says she wishes she had a name as cool as Bagel. Oh! <laughs> well, what, what's her name now? <laughs> she could well, be Bagel. Thank you, John, and, and thank your sister. That's very kind. Call him Susan if you want to. <laughs> so, so there are a couple of things about scooters that uh, I've found people who are motorcycle riders have a very difficult time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, having and, sailors follow you home? Uh, no, not necessarily. <laughs> Can I take a stab in this? Sure. I was feeling comfortable without something big between my legs. Yeah, that, <laughs> there is that. Because there is there is no what? there is no tank to grip. Right. If your so, knees hit, you're missing something. Right. And so that that can be a little disconcerting. But but one of the things that I think throws people the most is the short wheelbase that scooters have, mm-hmm. because that makes them extremely squirrely compared to a motorcycle. That little front wheel too, man. Well, small wheels, well, yeah. people. The the only difference about the wheels, uh, from from my perspective, is that it makes it makes bumps bumpier. Um, it really doesn't. It doesn't impact the handling so much because you still have uh, the the ro- rotational forces that you have with the bigger tire, because your 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 smaller wheel spinning at a faster rotation, so it's producing more of that force with a smaller mass. So you're still getting that that gyroscopic effect from mm. even from the smaller wheels, but the the bumps they do have a harder time absorbing because the smaller wheel will go farther into that pothole before it hits mm, the other right. side, and it's a much more jarring wow. hit. That makes bigger, sense. Bigger wheels are able to handle that better, but it's really the shorter. <laughs> wheelbase that makes the handling so different um so and and as as you're as you're you know going through the the turns you know just a very small amount of adjustment will make that bike turn um it also has a they're also much lighter weight so you don't have to force it as much as a bigger bike 
Um, so the handling really, I think, is the the biggest thing that that a motorcyclist has to. <laughs> Brian wants to speak. Brian, Brian, Brian yes, go, go. Yes. <laughs> so okay. So having having gone from a, a BMW 650 Funduro to the X Challenge, it's like uh-huh. the just the the change in uh, tires there. Uh, what is a 1719 to a 1821? <clears throat> um, I mean that. And, and a little bit lighter weight. Um, it gave me the ability to like steer with the rear, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anyone like drift a scooter. So I think I think you do get more uh, stability out of the larger. <coughs> so I get, you know I agree. Uh, yeah. A primary thing might be the bumps and stuff. But I I, I think that uh, I, I mean I'll try it if you mm-hmm. have a scooter. I'll try yeah, it. Right there, it I, will, I will I will admit <laughs> it, is, it is much more difficult to drift a scooter. I mean, but I have seen people do it. Uh, yeah, there is a there's a, in fact a video of a guy in Italy who is drifting a scooter through some some turns on wet roads and it is absolutely amazing that he's doing it. That's impressive uh, because <laughs> because the thing is that there's a lot of weight in the back of the scooter because the the engine, engine transmission is right there. Yeah, there. Yeah. right. So so when you're drifting it, that that rear end can kick out very easily. So oh, you much like a, a Corvair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> that, that was the Italian Spider-Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got to have some incredible that control guy. to be able to drift a scooter like. I I'd forgotten about Italian Spider-Man. Not the Italian Spider-Man. <laughs> That's a modern. <laughs> Quite a few people here have been to the uh, the Vetter Ranch and, and uh, back back in um, back in 19, I think it was 78. Craig had an accident on a racetrack and he busted up his hip into like a thousand pieces and they tried to pin it all together but what it made is he couldn't ride a motorcycle after that because he couldn't lift his leg Mm -hmm. so he had to get a scooter and um he a lot lot of these same problems a scooter was fine for around town but on the freeway for long distance says you know a scooter's just not designed to do this it's got the small wheels we need the big wheels so he had um this guy Henry Tate built mm-hmm. him these gigantic Harley scooters. Yep. Yeah. You see those things? Oh yeah. Because yeah. I'm solving all the problems a scooter has. A scooter is not designed to go over 35 miles an hour because it's got these <laughs> little wheels. So he put big gigantic wheels on mm-hmm. this thing. He's made it, and he put this big giant motor in it. And he oh, it's it. got like six inch tubular. So yeah, frame. you remember seeing that? Yeah, I might yeah. have a picture. Seen pictures yeah. of that. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So I mean, the best of all worlds. I mean, have a have a scooter for around town. But if you've got to go like more than ten miles, use a, use a, something with big but wheels. Like you a know, I tell you what. Oh, sorry, Wobbly Cat. You want to say something, hon? Yeah, I'm just just want to say I have a Honda Jazz scooter at home, 49 oh, nice. CC. I think in the U.S. you guys call them a Metro. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference I found. Um, I got it also at the same time when I had a ZX9R. Awesome bike, by the way. Um, was that. The number of women that would come by and say hi to me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you get you. You're certainly more approachable. But you know, um, back in the day when I was gainfully employed at a motorbike <clears throat> shop before it. I mean, last down, week. <laughs> yeah. um, no, you know, I used to prepare a lot of scooters. We mm-hmm. were. Everyone knows we were a Vespa dealer. Um, so I've ridden all the Vespas, um, ridden Bergmans, ridden uh, the Honda the smaller Hondas and the larger Hondas. Fastest scooter I ever rode was a 300 Honda Venza. Mm. And that thing did 85 miles an hour easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, I've got to say, the bigger scooters 
are quite nice to ride on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's yeah. a nice place to be. If you're on a if you're on a six fifty Bergman or a four hundred Bergman and you're trucking along oh, on the freeway doing about seventy five eighty, oh, yeah. it's like being on a Cadillac. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, so like the primary thing for me with scooters isn't even like the geometry or the wheelbase or the wheel size or anything like that. It's the fact that the motor is in the back and most of the mass is in the rear. <clears throat> yeah, and that was what really throws a lot of people off who've never ridden scooters before because like on, on your average motorcycle you're looking at what maybe like 50 51 51 49 weight yeah. distribution yeah but on a scooter not only on are you the engine is in the back but you're on top of the engine mm-hmm. and that, that just feels weird it does it, but it, you get used to it yeah but yeah. it does feel weird yeah it's almost like like the way that i kind of like to think about it sometimes is it's like you're you're almost it's almost like you're riding a unis a unicycle with with a little guide wheel on the front yeah yeah because the front all gets your, light yeah all your weights over the rear mm-hmm. and so if you just kind of in your mind just picture you know steering with the rear you know it's it, as as you're going through and the front wheels just kind of like just just sort of guiding you and and it's you know that that's kind of how I best describe the handling of a especially a, a vintage best I would say it's slightly foreign but sort of familiar just like um I think the guys here experienced when they tried out uh Morgan's uh Zero would you say yeah. it was different but sort of familiar yeah, no, it's uh, God, it's so smooth. It, it, yeah. when you're when you're riding slow, it feels like, it, am I on something? What what? And then you twist the throttle, and all of a sudden, it just takes off. It's like, ooh, mm-hmm. so yeah. smooth. Yeah, I think I think riding a scooter, riding an electric, it's uh, it's slightly different, but sort of exactly. familiar. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a good question. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and now we know bagel is a cool name. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. All right, we have time for one more email. This one is from Dale. Hey, Dale. Hey, Dale. He says, hey, guys, as is quite common nowadays, I have been listening AR. Yeah, you know, after Redis. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes. I can't wait for the new show every week and recently have joined your Patreon family. Well worth the price of admission. I'd love to ask, uh, I'd love to join Ask Emma, but it is sold out. I will have to wait. Tra-la-la. The winter here in Iowa was quite bad this year, and your show has helped me to survive. Liza, I love your your harping on LARPers, as we have plenty, <laughs> plenty of that douchebaggery here. I own two Harleys, an 03 Ultra and an 84 FXR. Hmm. Emma wanting a 75 shovel has me tickled pink. I restored a 75 iron head, which was the labor of love and a torn knee. <laughs> get, oh, an, get an electric sport, start is the advice. Sports to me. Um, I can tell you all about what sports to me is. It's a terrible thing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, alas, I have yet to own an HD shirt, assholes, chaps, or HOG <laughs> underwear. <laughs> You're missing out, bro. Yeah, is there I any know. other kind of chaps? <laughs> so comfortable. And he says that my ST1300 is lots of fun, as is my 96 Vulcan, mm-hmm. and my favorite... 2011 T100 Bonnie. Oh, yeah. says, again, the electric start is wonderful, darlings. I'm 53 and have been riding since I was 10. My children even ride. I've just wanted to say hi to everyone out there in sunny Santa Cruz and please don't stop creating the magic or whatever it is you call that shit show. Mostly a shit show. Mostly a shit show. It's a a a little bit of fudge and a little bit of shit. It's a golden shower of piss poor entertainment, darling. (laughs) He says, oh, and my up the butt button 
bike is in the National Motorcycle Museum in Anamosa, Iowa. It's a 1947 Indian Chief rat bike that Steve McQueen used to get away from it all when he wasn't acting or racing. I will allow the use of metal shavings and broken glass with an 85-140 gear lube as lubricant. Oh, I, I wow. like this guy. That's all of a, a new okay. Well, then. keep up the good work, and Emma, please never leave the show. One more thing: cool How does there. a DRZ 400 and DR650 compare to the latest 250s out there for mild off-road use? I am a fairly Chevelle 250 pounds. Oh no, it's DR650. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there yeah you go. DR650. You're going to be the the new stuff. I mean, um, your Honda Lizer. Mikey three times KLX are wonderful bikes, but they're small, lightweight bikes. If you're 250 pounds, you need something decent. I'll say the money you save by stepping up, you'll spend in upgrading your suspension, right? And upgrading the other yeah. parts. Go ahead, yeah, yeah, straight Get to a burly. straight to a DR650 and ride it like a want. motherfucker. Honestly, yeah, exactly. to me, and I think maybe Jimmy will agree, there's a big difference between the 250 and a 650. If you want a lightweight or you want a midweight. They're, they're two yeah. different bikes for or, two different Yeah, days. hold on a second. Define dirt bike or dirt bike road. Like, I mean, are we going great? Well, yeah, fire how long is a are piece we, of string? Are we, yeah, are we going to like a dirt bike park or what? If, you're, if there's going to be any like highways and open throttle, then you got to have the larger bike. Right. Right. And, yeah. and here's what I'll okay. say He just wants a regular street well, bike that could do off road stuff. Well, one thing to measure, a couple of things. One is if you're going to ride it like in the dirt and stuff, protect it so when it falls over, you can pick it up and ride it again. And then imagine what it's going to be like picking it up three or four times in a row. <laughs> mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. You, know, pick, you know, so if you're going to be doing fire roads, DR650, no problem. If you're going to be doing something a little more technical, maybe something a little easier to pick up. There you go. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we have just a little time to go around the room. Brian, if I ask you what your up-the-butt bike is, do you know what I mean? Uh... Can you can you come back to me? I can. I can. <laughs> I Good can. answer. That's the best answer I've ever heard. And for all you you visitors, I'm going to ask you all, wobble you too. Um, is there a bike that you know of? Uh, that exists in the world that you look at and you go, I'd take it up the butt for that. And think of knock when you think about this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any bike that'll do. I, I think that. you know what. Anybody have their up the butt bike they want to share? I think 2020 be, SRF. Right. There yeah. you go. It would be nice to revisit all of us as yeah. misfits as well. Wobbly. So. What, what's your up the butt bike right now? I got to say, I really love my bike that I have right now. It's a 2015 CB500X. Yeah, you need to think outside the box. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Knox right right in the eyes right now. Yeah. You know, for the up the All right. It's okay. I'll be gentle. And I'm sensitive. I really don't know. I don't have one. There's, there's no bike you All love. Right. That's after. okay. You All know, right. okay. being right. on the bike you love right now, that's a nice <laughs> place to be, Wobbly. But while I do have the floor, I just want to say... I want to thank Liza for having for leading an amazing ride yesterday. The, oh, thank you. The Moto actually, food. Jim led, I tailed. So for tailing and leading the ride, that was amazing. I had a great time yesterday. Good, um, Miss Emma. Love you for your endless knowledge about motorcycles. We had a we had a little conversation yesterday about mods and rockers, and that was very interesting. Thank you for oh. reminding me. I am going to be doing uh, a history hole on mods and rockers. Oh, so stand by. Nice. Cool. Yeah. All right, nice. Brian. What is your up the butt bike? Come on, step up, Brian. <sighs> you know it. Well. So um, okay, I'm, I've I've thought it. <laughs> 
This last guy, it was a Steve McQueen bike. Like, think big. Think big? Like, yeah. Do you like want, do you most, want a MotoGP bike? What's the you most want Rossi's awesome bike? bike in the world that you oh, could sure. possibly desire? Uh, what would, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could start with Rossi's bike, but then I, I like getting off-road a little bit, which okay. is completely wrong to do to a beautiful bike like that. But, you know, give it... give it. Uh, Rossi's bike with uh, knobbies. Got it. Okay, next. <laughs> knobbies and suspension. It's got to have a little travel in it. Okay, there you go. All right, there we go. I'm still sticking with the Harley-Davidson VR1000. This is my up-the-butt bike. Good choice. All right, All right bagel. Oh, my, me? Yeah. Oh, well. We're visiting. Well, my up the butt bike would be a, an Augsburg Vespa GS150, either Mark 112 or Mark 162. This is a Vespa that was produced under license by a subsidiary that they set up in Germany because the scooter market was so big in those days that they couldn't produce enough scooters out of the factory in Italy. Mm. And the German version was sold in Germany and the UK primarily. Uh, it had uh, thicker steel. Uh, all German elect- electronics mm. and uh, a little crimp strip on the side and a beautiful swan neck tailgate in the rear. There you go. That just sets it off as just an absolute That's fantastic Perfect. Bike. Miss Emma. Same bike as it was all those years ago. Benelli 750 Say. Wow. Um, little Italian jewel. Que bella. Nice. With Barry Sheen pinching your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Baza. Aaron, what's your up the butt bike? I know this isn't going to be that creative, but uh, the the bike I've got, the 2013 F800 GS, that's nope. a great I, bike. I just keep, I keep, that's a- it, huh? adding stuff to it. Well, the thing is, I mean, I started off when I was a kid on you know dirt bikes, and mm-hmm. my first bike that I bought myself was a KLR 650. Um, I kind of exhausted my interest in that, and then went to you know the Versus, and then went to the right. BMW. So. You know, I can't say until I get tired of what I'm riding, and I enjoy right. the bike that I've got. You know, I've got a KLX 250 that I take for single track and Death Valley. And <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Jeff, think well, big. Come on, okay, think it's big. Obviously not, because you guys are missing some real obvious choices. It's not an R90 because I mean, okay, it's yeah. very sexy. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, it is. Um, I, I don't know that many bikes, but I'm I'm going to go with. I would like to do um, a 200 mile an hour run. So I would like Ooh. something like a, a H2 nice. Kawasaki or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I think that, that's good call. A good, good call. Good, good call. Cool. Nothing like speed. All right, Electric Terry. Well, I was in the in the same boat that that he was before. The last time he asked me this question, I was like, I just like my zero. I've got now, but zero has now come out with a new one. However, it is right there at the twenty thousand dollar mark, but mm-hmm. it is the new. 2020 zero SRF, All right. but uh, of, uh, of at least two very pro motorcyclists that uh, that I know. They said it's the best bike they've would ever. You, would you have it in boardwalk red or dolphin friendly blue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, no, it's a sea bright blue, I believe. Yes, it is, it is sea bright blue. Uh, blue. It's all yeah. Santa Cruz names. They got the boardwalk. And, yeah. uh, if prob- I could make a dolphin sound, I would probably but. the blue. I'm a blue. <laughs> like I'm having yeah, a stroke. Right. Cool knock. Uh, it's changed from the last time. Oh, really? Time was the oh, RS v four scandal. This time it would be uh, the Honda 2019 RC two thirteen V, which is the current MotoGP yeah, bike. Nice, bike. Yeah. nice. Okay. nice choice. And yeah. the uh, the other one would probably it's working be, out uh, good for Lorenzo. Yeah, no, not not for him. Uh, the other one would probably be a Mako seven hundred two stroke. Nice. Super Motard. And or. Oh my god. Is this a gangbang? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe two Motards for the price of one bottle. Uh, 
That was horrible. But it, um, <laughs> or, it's a, it's or an SXV 500. All right, Jim. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm not, I pretty much nothing is I'm going to have butt sex for. Uh, I've tried it; it's not so good. Not quite my thing. <laughs> but if I did have to trade that, I would go back to Steve McQueen. <laughs> yeah. Steve McQueen is my spirit animal, and I would have I would make love with Steve McQueen. In exchange for his Husqvarna 400, oh, 1972 nice, Husky nice. 400 bike that he rode on any Sunday. There you yeah. go. So on if any, I yeah. could travel back in time with Steve McQueen and jump off the <laughs> okay. dunes with him and cuddle in the sand, come down, off, come down off that ledge, Jim. Well, that's right. that's as close as I get. All right, Andy, come on. Um, like Jeff, I'm. I've been thinking about a bike that would do over 200 miles mm-hmm. an hour so right now my fantasy is the bmw hp4 yeah okay. that's a good one nice. that is a good a one thousand cc's four mm-hmm. cylinders weighs about 400 pounds but has over 200 horsepower yeah. wow that's well wild. and and nobody here said the number one most butt worthy bike the Britain. It is the Britain. Yeah, I thought about yeah, that. Yeah, that was mine true. for a while. And you, to be the Britain. And you know, I've thought about that over and over again, and why it's so popular. And it's a great bike. It's a wonderful oh. bike, but it's the story as well. Well, it's and design, it's, performance, it's, and the story. It's it's everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's a motorbike isn't really complete until you put somebody Mm. on it until you introduce that human element and John Britton I mean that's his legacy he's such a wonderful man he built such a wonderful bike and it's got such a great story and legacy behind it that's what makes it so popular yeah good story well I wanted to thank you guys for staying and joining us did they say the last thing you said you wanted to have somebody come on your come back to you I guess come on your back whatever you're up the butt Terry you're up the butt little Italian Spider-Man it's what was going around but you got Spider-Man ciao Rossi's bike with knobbies it was Rossi's bike and dual sport it yeah gotcha I have one thing we we neglected to talk about Cat's Porn Pick of the Week score. Oh, my God. Dude, we cannot not talk about that. No, we're going to talk about it next week, Jim. Just shout out to Cat. Oh, Cat is just off. Yeah, the $500 Porn Pick score. Absolutely. (laughs) You need to hear about this, but we're going to talk about it Uh, next week. We might even speak some Italian. (laughs) So normally I say go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com, find the links, but you won't because our website is down. Oh, boo. I have yet to uh, find out why. Oh, no. So don't go there. It's a glitch in the matrix. There's a glitch in the matrix, but our Facebook page and our Instagram page are two yeah. great places to oh, find I access. I got to do more on Instagram because uh, somebody gave me shit because they bailed on Facebook too, and they're like, so, "Yeah, um, I didn't know about the, uh, did, the you pay, thing. did you forget oh. to pay for your domain?" Um, there's a story. Oh. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but I wanted to remind everyone because I did get a couple orders last week. I still have some of these limited edition motorcycles and misfits T-shirts designed mm. by Knock. I've got a couple. Um, just a couple medium and double XLs left, but I do have large and extra large. All you have to do is send a PayPal payment to us for $28 at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com with your name, address, and size, and I will send you a shirt. And extremely sporty they look, too, mm-hmm. on bearded BMW riders and <laughs> everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you to 
to those people who do write us, handwrite us emails and send send us, you know, uh, Facebook messages. We do get them. We do appreciate them. Uh, a lot of the times, a lot of these emails, a good number of times, these emails and messages are really heartfelt and not for kind of speaking out on air. And um, we appreciate it. We get it. And uh, thank you for those messages. And and H- handwritten email? Like, yeah, like with handwritten email. <laughs> yeah, actual uh, snail mail. Yeah, uh, exactly. And we appreciate it, and we thank you very much for those. And I'm glad that we could help you and inspire you to do it. Yeah, yeah and, and thanks to everyone who sends gin. Please stop. Send chocolate instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gin and chocolate. That's no my idea gin. of a large afternoon. Darling. So there you go. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook, and I'll sort out the website thing. But again, thanks, everyone, for Staying and um, yeah, this was. I love a big room full of people. Yeah, it's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I know, especially I, there's ventilation. <laughs> so that on that note, I think we are ready to get out of here. Thanks again to everyone. This is Eliza. Say your name, Wobbly. Wobbly Cat. Brian. There we go. Bagel. Emma Darling. And Aaron. Jeff. Electric Terry, go electric. That's a body. Mitch comes to <laughs> And Andy. We are out of here. here. Right past the take chances. Cool, cool, cool. cool. cool.